black black Friday. Someone told me that this music, I'm going to take it off. <clears throat> They're like, James, I've never seen anyone so subtly um, transition between like some sort of like hip hop sampled like awesomeness to like flamenco, easy listening elevator music. And I'm like, I know, I don't know how it happened either. You ever have one of those days when you're like, you do, you're accomplishing so much. And one of the things is like, I just need an instrumental for my intro. Just that one, that one's good. I can tell by the title and then it's in and then you load it and then you, you know, capture it or whatever the fuck. And then it's up and then you're like, oh. A beat kind of sucks. <laughs> and I just kept it there. Also, if you notice, um, it has, when you go back to where the music transitions, look at that, look, look, watch this. Title. <laughs> because when you put in text, it just says title until you put in text. I never put in text. And it doesn't mean shit. I'm just lazy like that sometimes. Um, here with me is Mr. Derek Kristoff, a.k.a. Decisive. Um, Derek, how's it going? This is your first Casual Friday. Look how casual he is. I have chocolate in my mouth. That's right. I'm so embarrassed right now. No, you're not. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. I am. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> I have to take off my hat because it is a million degrees in this hat. And also... I just would like to point something out. I had a really bad week. I had like four panic attacks this week. And, um, four? Why? Yeah. Uh, I'm in a situation where I'm living with someone who I'm separated from and we're still cohabitating. Um, mostly because I don't know how to leave my kids and, uh, like not live with them. And whenever we get into it in a way where she's especially sharp or, something and all i keep on thinking is not living with my kids and it just boom just sets me off and uh yeah it's, yeah. it's bad it's bad you lose weight like you know and someone said to me uh, not too long ago that the best um the best ways to fall asleep are after <laughs> are after a panic attack and i was like they should add that to spa packages you know we'll induce a panic attack and you'll have the greatest sleep of your life you know like a coming of age thing mm. Mm. um can you explain the uh is that one of those circus clown punchy things that always comes back up behind your right shoulder? Yeah. Yeah. I love the Bozo the clown. I also have the, the desk sized version. Oh no. I love, I love, I love, Oh, there was, there is. I love Bozo the clown. I love, I love the, I love the story, the idea behind Bozo the clown. What is the idea behind both? And that's of why is that anyone can do something? Is that the, is that the idea? <clears throat> that anyone can do something? No. Because um, you're hiding behind a mask and therefore not shy. That's sort of what I mean. No. I just yeah. love the well I I I I think he was like I don't know, he first popped up on the scene probably like late 1950s and I he was I, I, I'm not sure if the very first Bozo was Larry Harmon, but 
Larry Harmon, if if not the first, he was definitely one of the originals, but he went like full steam and uh, with the Bozo character. And he created like a public access show. I, I believe he started in Chicago. And just this clown was so successful that he, hmm. and this is what I love about it, he franchised the clown. <clears throat> so if you go like look up YouTube videos of Bozo the Clown, there's so many different ones in different cities of America. It's like Elvis impersonators. Yeah, like yeah, yeah that's like the perfect comparison. <clears throat> but it, it became massive. But here's this one guy, Larry Harmon, <clears throat> owning the franchise of a clown. And it's I don't know, it's hilarious. And I just I love it. I love I love weird shit like that. And I don't yeah, know. he was doing. He was know. like, he was an entrepreneur. He was like, you know, I, I, yep. I, there was. It's so funny because um, almost every entre- entrepreneur that I know, like they do like three, four, five things until they find the thing that seems to hit for them. One guy, um, I found out years later. So I, I, I went to a job interview to get to, for programming director of a radio station, and the hilarious thing was, I had never even worked in radio. Like I didn't, I didn't even really kind of know what a program director was. And I just put all the shit that I had on my resume. And there was this guy standing over the shoulder. He looked like a surfer guy of the guy that was going to hire or not hire me. Obviously not hire me because I did tell him during the interview. I actually have no experience in radio at all. But something on my resume caught the other guy's attention. It was the dating apps uh, website, a startup. And I had written all the content and and did the storyboarding. And within like an hour, he offered me a job um, where I would split my time between St. Sever outside of Montreal and Toronto. And paid me like a, a stupid amount of money and give me a computer. I was like, what the fuck? This guy's crazy. Awesome. I'm going to ride this until it lasts. Well, it lasted about a week um, because he, he, um, <laughs> I, he, I picked, he picked me up in Montreal. And the first thing that we did is, is, he, is he asked me a question. He's got shades on and his blonde hair is blowing. And he looks at me and he's like, now, do you smoke marijuana? And the way he said it, I was just like, you got to say no. <laughs> right? Like, he's mm. your boss. So I was like, I used to. I thought that was a safe play. He's like, well, you're going to start again because we're going to a porn director's office and we're going to pick up a pound of weed. And I'm like, okay, whoa, <laughs> let's, let's do it. So we get there and they're like, and, and, and okay, I don't know. It doesn't matter to me if you watch porn or not. I do sometimes by myself, but like, <laughs> you know, I don't understand anyone that wants to watch pornography with other men, like dudes, like just like laughing at it or just staring at it. And, and, and together, <laughs> like, it just seems weird to me for some reason. And so, and the like, a, they, like, like a gag, like a gag. Well, it just seems like, just weird. Like, like, like buddies, look, buddies look, watching porn. I'm not sure if you're aware of this or not, but it's a very good masturbatory tool. Right. And usually when it's on, yep. that's what people are doing. So when they're not doing that, not that it wouldn't be awkward them doing that, but it would almost be norm, more normal to, to jerk off to a porn with your buddy and you're both just straight guys. Then it would be to be fully clothed and not jerk off and watch it. That, that, that's even weirder to me. I'm just sitting there like, but, but what are you doing? What are you thinking of? Is it weird for you to, to not be naked when pornography is playing? Um, I don't, where, where was I going with this? Oh yeah, so, so we get to the porn director's house and he's like, he's like, you're gonna love it. You're going to love it. And my boss is just like, oh, I can't wait to see it. James, James, come in here. You're going to love this. And I guess it was near the first time they had done this. This is like the year 2000, 2001. And it was a woman in a cage and like guys standing outside of the cage and putting their dicks in the cage and whatever. 
And at first I was like, like, oh, shit, I hope that girl's okay. And then I was looking at these guys and they were just like, yeah, she can take more than that. And they're talking like that with each other. And I'm like, oh my God, what the fuck? Is, where am I? So then we leave and we go to St. Sauveur and um, his wife is like super hot and she's a painter. And I noticed immediately that she starts flirting with me. And I think I could have been anyone and she would have just started flirting. Because you could tell that she was doing it just to get under his skin. That was the only motivation that she was, that where she was doing it. And then... Is this your boss or the porn director? This is my boss. And, and okay. then it, this is when we leave the porn directors. We go to St. Sobral. And then for some inexplicable reason, like, first of all, an hour before um, we all kind of turn in, and I'm sleeping in his living room, and he's upstairs and at the top of the stairs. He's, he starts talking about sex. He start, he's like, so what did you think of that thing today? That sh- that, that, I was like, oh, you know, like, you know, I'm not really a cage guy, but I guess, you know, like, whatever floats your boat. <laughs> and, uh, and so he's like, yeah. He's like, what do you think of my wife here, right? And I'm like, what, what the fuck is happening? I'm like, I think she's probably the prop that, that she's probably the half that props you up, is what I said. And I thought I was just being charming or something. And then, uh, you know, 10 minutes later, they go to bed. And all I can hear is this. Why? Why would he want to hear? He's and then he's like, just just open the door, just just open the door, so it's like a foot open. Just don't worry about it. Open the door. And I'm like, and I can hear them whispering. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And then they open the, so I hear the door, kind of creak half open, and then I just heard like mad sex for like the next twenty minutes, lots of moaning and groaning, all him, <laughs> all <Wow>. him. <sighs> And where are where are you though? Where are you in the? I'm house? Like, like thirty feet away on the bottom of the stairs in this area that has like an L couch, like a sectional couch. So I can yeah. literally see the door, and 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 I'm hearing all these sounds coming out of the door. I thought of the um, oh fuck, what was that song by um, um. The Humpty Dance guys, Digital Underground, um. Uh, the the sex song that they have, it's like um. Oh, I think. And her booty starts making that clapping sound, which is cool. But your friends are chilling in the other room. The clapping's getting louder. They don't. You don't want them to f- oh. something you. In this situation, what do you do? A, you sit plain and simply back up off of B. You just hit it just a little bit softer. C, you take it out and put it in her butt. That's just a weird line. Um, but D is what I do. So yo, listen up. And it's just like he puts a towel on the floor. That was like this big idea. Listen, digital underground. We know it's just one guy. I think. <laughs> One guy. Welcome to the casual. Friday. So what happened to the job? I'm freaking out here. I'm oh, in right, anticipation. Right, so then the next morning, he's inexplicably completely upset. And I didn't know how to make him feel better. I, I, part of me wanted to be funny about it and be like, I was jerking off. I was jerking off. <laughs> but I didn't think it would land right. Um, and then he just like, he's like, you're fired. And I'm like, for what? Right? He's just like, you know what, for what? You've been here three days. You hardly did any work. And I'm like, you've taken me to porn sets and bought drugs and tried to, I guess, get me to, like, watch you and your wife, have whatever it was. I, what did I do? <clears throat> and anyways, um, and I realized I'm dealing with kind of a crazy person. So he smacks down two grand, makes me give him the laptop back, and puts me on a train back to, back to Toronto. So I, I go, 10 years later, I'm reading an article, and there's all these guys that the FBI busted for stock fraud. And he was the ringleader. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so his, shit. Yeah, his name was Brian Coe. K-O. Um, do you think it would work? And by the way, if you're just joining us, this is Decisive. He's a Canadian rapper. His name is Derek as well, but we, we should call him Decisive because his music is dope. And um, 
and he is here with us on Casual Friday. Ryan has decided um, not to come. I don't know why. Ryan, Ryan, um, just from one colleague to another, they may be Casual Friday, but we still have to tell people if we're going to do the show. <clears throat> you can do any show or not do any show you want, but you got to just let James know. But Derek, aka Decisive, has decided that he's going to stick around from his interview that we just wrapped up. That will that was actually live. It's the first live one I've done in a while because of the internet here. And um, yeah, so Derek's uh, now in the you're you're in the uh, assistant the co-pilot seat, which is usually the pilot seat because um, I don't I don't do work on Casual Fridays. This is it. Okay, we just talk. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I see the the chat the chat is popping. Yeah. Have you been, uh, have you, what kind of day jobs have you had? Like I'm seeing oh, back in the back of the restaurant kind of stuff. Cause I did that too. So I feel like I recognize I, a little bit of a vibe in you that it was like you cut stuff or grilled stuff. I've done. Yeah. I've done both of those. Um, I have, I've had all the cliche like artist uh, jobs. So like restaurant telemarketing factory mm. and yeah, rappers that, that, were really good at telemarketing. We were really good at telemarketing. We had a silver tongue. Yeah, and and it killed us, didn't it? It killed me. It felt like a soul was leaking out of my Marcellus Wallace, and it was like, how do I? In order to walk away with money, you had to do something that was just you just felt was just awful. Like you don't want to buy this. Stop it. You know what I mean? Well, well you want to hear a funny story? A I funny uh, telemarketing related story. I worked yes, for I a company called. I believe it was called One Two One Limited, and the office was located at Young and Eglinton. For all of you Toronto, all of you citizens of Toronto, above oh, where the Mandarin Toronto. is, Toronto in the house. Yeah, Go ahead. <laughs> the six, the six X, like I, as I call it, and uh, yeah. So we we sold credit card receipt paper, and it was the biggest like hunk of shit of all time. Like you'd call, you'd have we had this list of companies the owner's name and the type of credit card machine that they had. So you call and you basically trick them. It's, it's gross now. I'm not, I'm not bragging about it, but um, you, you'd call and pretend that you are their supplier of receipt paper. So I still remember like the Verifone 250. So now every now and then if Mm. when I'm paying by debit, I'll look at their machines to see who has Verifones and Verifones are very popular (laughs) machines still. (laughs) So you'd call and say, hey, I see that you're, you're still using the Verifone 250. How's your paper supply doing? That was a scam. They'd think you're the supplier. You'd ship them out. You'd invoice them something astronomical that you could go to Staples and pay $4 for. Yeah. Gross. But I had a boss at the company at the time. And his name was Tony Nolasco. And this is kind of around the time where I started recording seriously with Oren Isaacs, who we spoke about in the interview in our first interview. So I was going to, he had a pretty big studio at Queen and Bathurst. And one day I just started shooting the shit with my boss and he was like proper, like suit and tie, very clean cut Italian man. Hmm. And he was super cool. And he found out that I was, I recorded music. And at the time I had a publishing deal with EMI. And he heard about that. So he became interested in the music I was working on. And one night he just kind of invited himself to a studio session, like asked me what I was doing. I told him I was recording and he, you know, in, no, I think it was because I tried. I, I told him I won't be in the next day because I'm going to be recording late. And he was oh. like, well, can I come? 
which is pretty weird. Now, <laughs> you know, you I was gotta, like you 19. gotta gotta let him, right? Yeah, yeah, and he came and he came, yeah, but he came and he had his briefcase and and I was so naive at the time, like I shouldn't say this part of the story. Well, you know, okay, so he, I know he. Let's just say he kept going to back and forth from the bathroom a lot. I don't know if you heard that, but he yeah, he, he made frequent trips to the bathroom. We can yeah. connect those dots. And bad but at the allergies. Time, I had no bad idea. allergies he had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very bad cold, and I didn't know that. So we, so I recorded whatever I was recording. We started shooting the shit, and he was telling me stories. How he's he's told me he's from Buffalo, and he asked me if I knew Rick James. Now it's important to say at this time this was before the Dave Chappelle sketch, right? Yeah. Okay. So, but to such me, a fucking all weird question, yeah, very it's, well, yeah. It, even more so at that time. Where that is such me, a cocaine oh, I, question. That's a Hollywood line question. You do your Hollywood line, you but, come out, and you're like, I'm from Buffalo. You know where James? <laughs> you know, it's like. But listen, yeah. listen. Sorry. So you're gonna like this. So at and at the time, all Rick James was to me was he was the you can't touch this guy. Like that's all. I I wasn't a fan of any of his music. I hadn't hmm. checked. I wasn't interested at at that age. Hmm. And so he starts telling me, he goes, I actually used to, I was in a band with Rick James. He was, I was a drummer in his band. We came, he goes, cause Rick James is from Buffalo and which I think you kind of just said, but yeah. so yeah, Rick James is from Buffalo. They came up together. I think even Neil Young was in bands with Rick James too. It's, it's a crazy wow. story. But so this Tony Nolasco was the drummer, original drummer, with Rick James, they were best friends. He goes, we lived together for years. We went to L.A. together. Rick blew up. Tony Nolasco ended up back in Toronto managing me at a credit card receipt paper. And I don't mean that as an insult. because I, I, I do have respect I, for the guy. That, so I that remember sounds him telling both me, like good lives. Go ahead. Yeah. So he's telling me these stories. And I'm just kind of like, eh. You know, like thinking, he, you know, like at the time, like I'm young and I'm just I just thought he was kind of full of shit. I didn't mm. believe it. I also didn't really care because I, I wasn't that impressed by Rick James at the time. That would have that changed later. So anyways. He kind of hit hard times and just one day didn't show up to work and I never saw him again. And I, I, I always felt bummed out. Now, I didn't last super long at that job. I think I worked there for another year and then I was gone. Uh, but he, and so I, I had a mutual friend who told me that he ran into him and he was, he seemed really disheveled and just life wasn't nice to him at that time. So, but he tells me all these Rick James stories and I didn't believe it. I was like, okay, whatever. Right. <laughs> Fast forward, maybe two or three years from that. I'm at, do you remember the world's biggest bookstore downtown? I do. So I'm there. Like Wellesley, I'm just, like, Wellesley was, and Youngish, isn't it? Something like that? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was there just kind of looking through books. And I saw a Rick James memoir. It was not, there was two that have been released. One was, it, it's the first one in the cover. It looks very self-published. Like, mm. it looks pretty ghetto. And then the second one was done proper. But so I, I, I see it and it, it's called like Stories of a Super Freak or something like that. So I pull it out just to check it out. I'm like, ah, right. but now this is after the I'm Rick James bitch. So yeah. he he's he's essentially kind of back in pop culture. So I pull the book out and I just kind of flip through for a minute. And I, I think, oh, let me check the index in the back. And I look and just 
I, I, my thumb flips to the back page, and sure enough, do I look at N and I see no last go. Oh, really? And my eyes just like, what the fuck? So, and he was only on like one or two pages. And I go to the page, and I'm paraphrasing, but it, it, so we all know, like you said, when I mentioned Rick James's name, the first thing you said was cocaine. Like cocaine is a hell of a drug. <laughs> yeah. That That is Rick James's identity, sadly. But yeah. like, that's what we all know him from. So all Tony Nolasco had dedicated to him in this book was one paragraph. And, the, and if anyone sees the book or finds it, you can look this up. It basic, all he says is, uh, yeah, Tony was my good friend from Buffalo. He was a drummer, and he was the guy who introduced me to cocaine. <laughs> so the Tony brief, was the briefcase a, makes a lot more sense now. Yeah, <laughs> you know? so he was Tony, one of those guys I that had was, a pool cue carrier, didn't he? Like one of those cases. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he was a blow dealer. Well, he also was a drummer, but he was a blow dealer in Buffalo who actually. But imagine being the person responsible for introducing Rick James to cocaine. Oh. Like it. Wow. That's what I mean. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like he didn't tell me that story. Is when Rick we were James gay? Out. I don't even know if Rick James is gay. You know, there's a lot of artists that are like, like Prince, for example. And like, like if I were to like just come here and not know who Prince was, I'd be like, oh, who that musician, that that gay musician is very good. But he's, I don't think he is. I don't know if it matters no. to me. It doesn't matter to me or not. But you know, like there were people like um, Culture, the, the uh, what's his face, the Culture Club guy. You know, like he promoted as gay. George Michael promoted as gay. Boy George, and, yeah. Boy George, yeah. And um, but then when it came to like um the black artists, and I don't know if this is because the white labels were like just whatever that no one could be gay at this time, or or what it was. But um, yeah, it's it's weird. They're, they're always this like like uh, Rick James and Prince like are the ones easiest ones to think of, and the other one there um I can't remember who it is, but uh, you know they they seem effeminate. But you never hear about them being gay. Prince, I guess, isn't gay. But like, he's like the no. only five foot two guy in the world that every woman is like, "Oh, I would totally do that little man." Like, I would do that little man right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, well, well. The 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 flamboyance is what attracted women to him, which is crazy. Like yeah. he, it, 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 that was like his. I, I don't know his superpower. Like he, and he would wear the most like, most feminine pieces of clothing and it worked like that maybe that's just a macho thing because that's what gla like glam rock guys did too like molly crew were certainly straight and yeah. they they all did the kind of the same thing <laughs> okay that was such a weird time yeah bowie like yeah. mark bolin all that yeah, yeah yeah but i mean bowie got away with it because he had good style and then the glam rock guys were like just to try to look like a grade nine slut okay everybody <laughs> just like did, did the shit <laughs> yeah. out of their face. okay <clears throat> yeah yeah um, we it's funny. Theory? It's funny to Go look ahead. back. No, I'm just saying it's funny to look back at that whole scene, like the yeah. the hair metal bands. I used to it's love hilarious. Twisted Sister. Twisted Sister was like the greatest ever. Dude, it was that was one of the first tapes I ever got. Yeah, S me too. SMF. Stay hungry with the bone in the corner. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was dope. Yeah, yeah. man. Like it, it was. Um, I thought I was like a rock guy. And then 1986 happened, and in that year, the first hip-hop song I ever heard was Lottie Dottie, when he was still uh, MC Ricky D, Slick Rick, and Dougie Fresh. And then, the, and then it was like all, after that, it was like all the Def Jam stuff. 
And um, and I haven't really looked back. And it's, it's kind of the greatest era to grow up in. I guess I'm a little bit older than you, but you're basically, you know, like like I was um, I was 14 in 1990. You know what I mean? Like it was just that it was like the greatest time to be, to be a hip hop guy. And um, 14, yeah, I guess you're four years older than me. Mm. Oh, Sorry for life. Stone one A in the comments made me laugh. Twisted sister sucked. <laughs> okay, we all have our opinions. Um, well, yeah. I like the no, music yeah. videos too. The music videos were funny. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, but yeah. but Lottie Dottie was the song that, that Lottie Dottie was the song. Which I feel, yeah, well, I feel very blessed too in a way because my first hip hop experience was basically the rawest you can get when it comes to hip hop. There's no beat. A guy's doing a beatboxing thing and Slick Rick is sitting there rhyming a story time rhyme for however long that song is like six minutes or something like that. And I was just like, what the fuck is this? Like, this is fucking amazing. Like I describe it the same way all the time. It was, I felt like I had like rediscovered plutonium or something. And I was just like, and I was saying some really funny, ignorant, not ignorant, like in a bad way, but like, innocently naive shit like my mom came downstairs and i was wa i was watching a, a run dmc video i don't remember which one it was and um and she's like what is this and i looked at her and i literally said it and i said it like this too mom this is my music which is so funny because clearly not you kid you live you live in whitby you've heard three songs now so just relax but but i that's how much i loved it i i and i just like you know i, I don't know it spoke to me at a certain visceral level and then, you know, I started writing rhymes in like 1987, I guess. And, you know, my rhyme book is older than, you know, women that I date. Like, so it's, it's weird. But, yeah, I don't know. When people talk about it being a culture, I, I don't really have, um, I don't know if I have a cultural experience. That's, to me, that kind of implies like ensconced in hip hop culture and everything. And I stopped with the fashion a long time ago because I just thought it didn't look good on me. And, you know, and all that stuff. But the music, the, holy fuck. Like, it's just, it, when I was young, my depression or my anxiety was always like decompressed and calmed down by hip hop music. Like when I was broken hearted, I'd listen to hip hop because it would make me feel like happy again. Like it wasn't like I didn't. And then I realized I'm like that rock fans and hip hop fans are kind of different because it feels like rock fans. If I'm getting it right with all these fucking ballads by rock stars that people that like rock when they get depressed, they want to cry. I think they want to cry. <laughs> and, and, and I don't mind crying sometimes. But I'd much rather listen to something, get my mind off shit. You know what I mean? And and hip hop does that. Were you like yeah. um, a storyteller conscious kind of fan, or were you like who who, do you, who were your guys when you were growing up? Uh, there it, it it was a pretty eclectic assortment. Like I think the minute I found I discovered the genre, I just ate it all up. Like it, it, it I was at a young age where I guess. I don't want to say I was easily impressed, but like when you discover something new, you just, you want all of it. And that's how, like, yeah. at that time, I think I was probably like 12 when I first found hip hop and I just wanted to hear it all. And I didn't think anyone sucked, you know, like I, I had not like mm. developed, I guess, a specific taste yet. It was like, but you look back, anyone who's like, when you're, eight years old or you're nine and you just listen to the radio and you love whatever's on the fucking radio. Yeah. Like just all yeah. music just, you know, speaks to you. Like I remember listening to CF CFTR, you know, Tarzan Dan and, yeah. you know, fucking Rick Astley. And like, I don't know. I remember like I <laughs> bought the fucking La Bamba soundtrack and like Bon Jovi, <laughs> Young Guns 
two, like fucking blaze of glory, and then DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Yeah, but it was Fresh the Prince. Cuts on that DJ, album it was were great. The cuts on that album are sick. Fantastic. The DJ yeah. Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. He's the DJ. I'm the rapper. Is yeah. the album that 100 changed my life. But that was because of my love for horror films. Nightmare on Elm Street, specifically. The Fat Boys? The Fat Boys did uh, a version of that song, too. Really? Oh, yeah? I never really listened to the Fat Boys. I, d- I don't know much of their... They did, a, they did like, a, uh, not a cover, but, like, Wipeout, you know, the song? da na 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 Wipeout! And then it's like, yeah, the yeah, Fat yeah. Boys all back in the put the put. Like, it, it, I love them. Someone and then should, I've, someone I should do that now. You know, they were named the way... Um, you know how the internet will be like, name the new boat, and it's always Bodie McBoatface. <laughs> these yeah. guys, these guys were like, I don't know what they were called beforehand, but I had DJ Kenny Parker on, and he told me the story, and he's like, they were called something else, and then a radio DJ did this um, promo thing where he was like, okay, audience, you're gonna name these guys, and they and, and the winning name was Fat Boys because they were fat, and that was that was the first Bodie McBoatface was the Fat Boys. For real? That's how they got named? Yeah, that's how they got their name. That's right. That's crazy. That's so funny. I one time won the Power Move show um, Freestyle the Flav, I think they called it. And I didn't, I hated my rapper yep. name. It, it was the dialectic at the time. I've had, a, oh, let's go over our rapper names. Because I, I, you, oh, you've only had two? Because I remember. I know I've had a bunch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember dialectic. I do, do remember, like. I beat Black yeah, Cat. I, I beat a bunch of guys. Yeah. But then Amazing. one time, I, I the, the, the last time I did it, um, he's like, hey, caller, who's this? And I'm like, and I just looked at my nephew's Aladdin CD, and I'm like, yo, it's the Sultan, man. There's <laughs> 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 a small little white bearded guy. He looks like a garden gnome, and I'm like, Sultan. That's my name. Um, That's amazing. No, it was brutal. I, I think I lost that one. I don't remember. But um, yeah, 80.1. No, I, I had a few names. Yeah, what were your names? Go, go over your list. I had the first one's um, always the greatest. It's always like, you know, MC Sugar B White Guy or something. Like it's always something. No, I, 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 I think mine. Like I, I always just stuck with the the letter D. Uh, it was just it had had to always have something because my mm. name is Derek. So like I think the first one had to be something like oh. Dynamite D or Dynamite Derek. It was probably more like of a fucking fat 1980s wrestler name it was more of a that than a fucking rap name it became a but Ricky then I, Gervais show that's not bad yeah yeah and so then I started playing with um Derek so like dare d-e-r so it was like double dare and then I I, I stepped that's it up the to one. triple dare which is way more intimidating and <laughs> and I, and I, I I it could have been like you know because of maybe like Yeshua Dapo ED or like Smooth the Hustler. I always felt like I needed more than one. Like it couldn't just be bomb. There had to be bang the ba 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 ba. So yeah. like this decisive came last. But I I I think in high school in grade nine it was oh I oh yeah I strayed from D because I was the new but I loved hyphens so I was a nuisance so like N U hyphen since. And then that then turned into malicious, which is Stop the funniest the to somehow. me. Yeah. yeah, because I'm the most least intimidating person on the planet. <laughs> and then I was malicious, die, decisive MC. And then I just 
truncated it down and then in 97 and here we are it's still better and... than somber and quiet that'd be a weird name for a rapper also are, did it piss you off when d became short form for penis did that did that bother you at all because you said there always has to be a D no. there. yeah no See, you well then, then well there there no there was that one time too where i i let this radio station name me and oh. they uh the they name was James. white white fat so no, like, <laughs> yo, WF in the house. Oh, he's eating the house. That was funny. I don't care. That was a brilliant callback from the Fat Boys joke. Yeah, and I think Fatso's funny. White Fatso. That's what the radio show named me. And then I went back it's, to this. It's Casual Friday, which means our laughter can be casual as well. The less yeah. we talk yeah, about the format, the more, entitled, the more entertaining it is. What's that? You're not allowed to say Fatso in 2023, apparently. You can on Casual That's Friday. Like, a safe space, Derek. We, we we can say the things that will not get you canceled. Just start. Don't drop yeah. M-bombs or anything like that. Um, but no, that no, will no, be fine. No, no. I remember Frankenstein got in trouble with uh, the hip-hop community in Toronto because he dropped an M-bomb in, uh, in a couple of his tracks. Did and he I, get in trouble? Like, I, I kind no, of remember I, it, it just being accepted because I don't think anyone knew what he looked like. Or, Well, Thrust, I, Thrust told me the story. He, he said that... Um, that it came out and um and there were some people that like like kind of had the talk with him and by the way i had that talk with nigel when i was like 16 and he answered the door and i was like my n-word it was the only first and last time i ever did that and uh and i was like james come oh. in. We, we, james come in we have to talk <laughs> so i was like okay yeah so we talked and then that was it um but yeah the um what were you we talking about just before i tra- traveled off into that distant place so you don't know either. Uh, cancel. Yeah, this no, ha- I know. Be, being this, oh, canceled, this, safe space. This happens to be, yeah, this happens to be on air all the time. You went, I forget. You went to you Nigel. Know. You said the N-word. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and no, no, but that was the that was the meander. Um, so the the safe space. I don't know. I can't fucking remember. Guys, go go to the tape. <laughs> Tell me what I said. <laughs> Just gotta rewind 30 seconds. Uh oh, 60. No, 70 milligrams of, of edibles today um, in the last three hours because that's what I do on Casual Friday. This is a weird... I wonder if Ryan's doing this on purpose. We'll see how good the show is without me here. We'll see. I won't even call him. We'll see if he can get any assets together. Oh, yeah? You want to see an asset? How's this for an asset? Decisive. Let the children die. That's right. That's me. I, I used to think of Charlie Brown when I saw this cover because of the show, because of the small yeah. ass piano. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I could see I, that. Would you like a moment with your phone, Derek? No, I'm just looking. I'm actually doing research about <laughs> something that I have to say. I'm not, greatest, trust me. The I can greatest non-answer I've ever seen in my life. Hey, Derek. You need no, I did that. Phone? I did that for a re- You want to know why I looked at my phone? To double check a date because I'm a professional and I have a show on May 6th in Lindsay, Ontario at the Pie-Eyed Monk. Br- May 6th, you should bring your phone to that, that show. You should bring your phone to that show, and talk about the future show after that one too, and just make it a thing every time you do a show. You I'm just fine stop. with that. I'm fine. I have to. I have I to be, be better at at shamelessly promoting, and I can see one of my homeboys, Jeremy Grimes, is watching. So I want to make sure, and he's throwing the show, and I want it to oh, okay. be a success. So anyone out there listening, May sixth at the Pie-eyed Monk. I need you Ready all to, to die. Come. Are we? Are there? there you know what's funny? And I'm gonna the, tell, 
the casual front. Uh, and I'm building her white fat soul. Yeah. <laughs> the radio named him. Everybody. Let white fat soul live, James. <laughs> Let white fat soul live. You know, I think the hip hop industry has had their boots on the necks of white fatsos for far too long. You know, let's let's all <laughs> let's all put the guns down. You know, <laughs> get it right. Yes, but we all come back like bows of the clown. I think yeah. that they that that clown thing because I had one too. I had a couple of them. Is the most like amazing metaphor for for life. You know, it's like that song that is. A less amazing metaphor. I get knocked down, but I get up again. You're never going to see me drop. And that is that, that is that that toy there. It was like you could beat the shit out of it, but it always got back up. It was like a little Italian guy, you know. They always get back up. Yep. Is Bozo? What, what was Bozo? The well, who, who's, the, who's the who's the Italian guy a reference to? Who are you referencing? Me. When you say little Italian guy, <laughs> you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess that makes sense. I'm trying to build confidence after my week of panic attacks. I, I thought like you meant re- this little. I thought you meant this little Italian guy. Is that Rocky? I can't see that part. That little, yeah, that little Italian guy who's also yeah. the life metaphor of get back up when you get down or get yeah. down and you get back up. Dude, he was gonna like pull see? Rocky if they didn't give him the director. I was just like, wow, balls, balls on this guy. Yeah, that was balls. Um. It's funny how but the- we always hear about we always hear about that story about Rocky and it turns into this um you know this masterpiece this iconic film this franchise that is still going on today hmm. but we don't hear about the stories about the guys who are like I wrote this brilliant script and I'm going to be the guy and they just never make it I wonder how many like Rockies that never were are out there in Hollywood let, let's go and contact all the restaurants and pull the waiters just to see. Yeah. Just to see yeah. Like, like Lou Diamond Phillips wrote a script for like a fucking the greatest horse race jockey who ever lived. And he goes, but I'm going to be him. And they were like, no, you're six foot Bye. two, buddy. <laughs> you can't be him. Perfect. Um, La Bamba was a good movie at the time. Anyways, I, I, I have to go back yeah. to these movies. I don't know which movie dates well and which doesn't. And if, you, and if people think that certain things date well and you can clearly tell they don't, they're retro hipstery people. And it's a, that's fine if, you want, if, if a person wants to be that. But I hate how whack becomes retro. I, I, I've never liked that. I, I've always thought that that was weird. And, um, and things coming back when they're, when they're dated. And I think that was sort of like the weird hipster contribution to culture. It's like, oh, we can like whack shit. And, and people think it's ironic and funny. Um, yeah, do I you, feel that. Do, but you always had a neat fashion thing, though, didn't you? Like when when you were like you know when you were in your mid twenties, thirties, like you were kind of a unique rapper. You weren't like typically dressed, were you? No, unique is a good a good way to put it. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm like trying to uh, I definitely try to freestyle for the right word. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I, I've definitely taken some risks that I kind of wish I didn't take. But um, did you? Ever yeah, I just kind of. I always did like my own thing. No, not like that. Well, I, I did wear. I did. I used to wear mod robes pants, so that's pretty close. I know those, that those pants yeah. were. They were pretty furry, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Like I'd wear like, but like I don't know. I take pride in some of the shit I, I did. Like I was one of the first guys to wear like, um, zit remedy homemade zit remedy T-shirts on Rap City and. <laughs> shit like that and then Degrassi comes back and everyone's all on on the Degrassi didic 
We but know I was like, yo, that. I did that. Yeah, I did that. That's right. Aubrey. But yeah, so like, I don't know. But I used to wear like a lot of wrestling fucking shirts and then, you know, Action Bronson and West Side Gun and them blew wrestling up. And I'm like, done. I did that, guys. So that's why now I'm bringing back my Italian clown. That's my new. Just don't I'm ever put the cut, hair on. on I'm gonna stage. cut this and wear it. I'm gonna cut this out and just wear it. That's. I'm gonna be in May six at the Pie Eyed Monk. Why don't? What's the, what was the guy's Ontario. name again? Sean Harmon was that his name? The Bose of the Clown guy? Larry Harmon. Larry, Larry Harmon. Harmon. You should have a track called Larry Harmon. And then um. And 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 uh, what was I thinking? Um. I have a track called Larry Harmon and reference like the the, the guy behind uh, that that did the bozo thing, and and get a sample from Insane Clown Posse, and see if you can do a collab, right? I would right. do that. Okay. I did. I, I am going to steal an idea from this episode. Yeah. Uh, I I now ever I did, I wrote it I'll down. I'll the fuck out of you. Me. But sure, go ahead, man. But I want to do now. I want to kind of do my own version of a Lottie Dottie, just a song with a beatboxer. Maybe I'll call Scott Jackson. Because no one's doing anything like that. I I have a song. Are you called, auditioning? I well well. It's funny they said that because I have a song called uh, Saudi Dottie, and it's all about the Saudi government and all the things that they do. Yeah, but it's written. We to are like, getting uh, canceled tonight, James. No, I'm not. But it's written to. Um, but it's written to the original Lottie. <laughs> no, Dottie. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, like is that real? Yeah, Lottie Dottie. We like. We are the Saudi. Um, we betray our allies and prop up all Wahhabis. That kind of thing, and then, but but it's like yeah, I haven't memorized it yet. I literally um, finished writing this like four days ago, and I don't like to do anything until I memorize it. I'm one of those guys. I fucking can't stand. Oh, you did it recently? Guy. Yeah, I can't stand. I've ri- I write now more now than I. The pandemic turned me into a um, an, a rapper out of retirement. I guess you could say. Um, the, That's you know, cool. I I did it a lot when I was young, and then there was like a gap and patches here and there. And then when the pandemic started, I'm like, I'm never going to get an opportunity like this again. Midlife is here. Let's make the most of it. Fuck it. So I've been on an Olympian hip hop schedule, <laughs> seriously, for three years, where I either write or rap um, for 90 minutes a day. And I've, I've missed a couple here. Wow. There, but most, I, do it to, I do it at least five days a week, mostly seven, but, but sometimes five. And, um, That's and yeah, amazing. Just, just, just to keep sharp. You know, I think when we were young, I say this to all the rappers too, when we were young, Rappers were like athletes and they never really did anything in their late thirties and onward. And I think we're seeing a lot of older rappers in their forties and even like Eminem's 50 now, like, you know, doing things that they couldn't, I don't think Eminem would have been able to pull off lucky you that track he did with Jordan Lucas when he was putting out stamp. I just don't think he could. And I think it's because Mm. of the muscle that they did, that these guys have been like working out consistently for years and years and years without stopping has just made them that sharp. It's not like athletics. Your brain continues to function properly until you're quite older. So, you know, I think uh, yeah. I think it's neat watching rappers in well, their 40s. That, who was in their 40s when well, we were growing up? You know? Well, no one. Like, well, I hate the term, like, rap is a young man's game. Like, I, I, I feel like whoever coined that is a fucking dunce because, yeah, like... where's my king? Rap, I gotta shake rap, that shit. But, no, but rap as a genre is young itself, right? So yeah. how can you even say something like that. You've never given any of the artists a chance to like kind of grow yeah. with the genre. So it's, it's kind of, it's ridiculous. And like a lot of the older artists are doing shit that's better than, and I'm not one of those old fucking grandpa Simpsons who like I shit am. on the I totally kids. am. 
I do. Yeah, but I but like, all over come on, man. Like Jay Z is old. He doesn't release music as much as he used to, but it's still as fucking good, better, like better than anything that's out. Like you, as long as you, hip hop is about the words. It's about you know the flow, the rhymes, and if you can still do it, who cares how old you are? Like yeah, it's such totally. a ignorant fucking statement, and to not want to listen to someone because he's older, it's just kind of, it's kind of silly. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, well, and I don't think any other genre cares. Like no, like the Rolling Stones. Like I mean, it'd be neat to see. Um, now I can't name a hip hop group. Like, like Pete, Pete Rock and CL Smooth playing as eighty year olds would be something I would watch. <laughs> I'd be, I'd be interested. Sure, you know? yeah. If it, they, if they can still do it, like you watch, like the fucking Rolling Stones, they're all like geriatric, like in yeah. their eighties. And Jagger still goes, man. Like yeah. that motherfucker just had like major heart surgery like two and a half years ago, and then he yeah. gets better. And they like, and they're not doing it for the money. They'll, those guys are not on tour. Like they're probably fucking with tour for free. They just do it because it's their life. And oh, they I doubt they do it for Put free. on a crazy show. <laughs> I know, but I'm just saying, like, Ask but the, the money. <laughs> right? Yeah, but it's like they, they. It's not about those guys are ridiculously rich, right? Yeah. Like. And they still put on a crazy show. So if you can still do it, who cares? I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't discover a musician and say, wow, this music is fantastic. How old is this person? You know, and like, I, I, I it's, it's, why? Who cares? Like, if yeah. it's good, it's good. Yeah. I now, agree. I'm sure a lot of old people make shitty music, but so do a lot of young people. Let's not forget that. Yeah. Like, there's no flawless people, age. We have a um, child sighting behind me. <laughs> what? My child is it's like right a. There. Oh, Where? I don't see. Oh, there's no child there. Holy shit! What am I looking at? It's a ghost. Okay, that was weird. I thought I was only hearing things. Apparently, I'm seeing things too. I've had a bad week, everyone. Debatable. <laughs> I like Christopher Smith. Christopher, what do you mean debatable? Let's. I want to engage. What's debatable? The, the what, what, what I like debatable? Christopher Smith. He made me laugh a few times. So I want to know what's debatable. Those I, like, I want to hear your opinion. Who should I listen to post Kendrick? Because he's the shit. Kendrick is shit. But what do you mean debatable? What's the, I want to know specifically what you meant by debatable. I can't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's just all wait on Christopher here. <laughs> no, I tried. I, I tried. <laughs> What did I take? Oh yeah, Kendrick Lamar is the shit. I I agree. I like Kendrick Lamar. Um, it's so funny how he's like a veteran now. You know, like Kendrick Lamar oh. has aged in hip hop like a soap opera kid. You know, like one day he's three, the next or baby, next day he's like eight. You know, they just mm. do it just to make it easier and make the lines better. But um, oh, well, see now there Christopher goes. Okay, the, I didn't mean that they would go on a tour for free. I just meant that. I don't think they do it for the money. That that was just the point that I made. These guys are okay, worth hundreds of millions of dollars. That, that's what I meant. Like, I didn't, yeah. like, yeah. That's a good clarification. I'm glad we settled that. Um, because, Christopher, come on. Um, stop giving my guests a hard time. By the way, I eject people um, on this show whenever I want to for whatever reason I want to. It's always kind of controversial. I'm not going to do that to you. Um, and since there's no other oh. co-host or guest here right now, there will be any minute now because um, – we have Paul Atkinson joining us. Paul Atkinson is a uh, Paul Atkinson will make you want to orgasm when you hear his voice. Maybe not you personally, but many, many people. Um, 
He's got a silky smooth, deep baritone kind of jazz voice. And he does a jazz show. I think that's what he does. Um, he'll be, I, I haven't checked my other messages yet. This has been a, a weird show because I usually, <laughs> all this stuff, all the stuff that I rely on Ryan for is not being done. And um, oh. if he's making a point, yeah, fuck you. Come on, man. <laughs> Make the point on air. Embarrass me on air. This is too much. Who? Who? My, my co-host, oh, Ryan. No, my oh, co-host, Ryan. Ryan. Yeah. Oh, I actually have to like take off, but I feel bad. No, don't feel bad. Don't feel and, bad. You, you can go. Um, I'm gonna, I'm like, gonna talk. I'm gonna talk directly to Ryan after you leave. It'll be fun. What is he coming on? Is Ryan? I don't want to leave you alone, James. I hope he's just getting You're, drunk. You know, I hope he's just getting drunk and waiting to come on. I, 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 you know, I don't know what he's doing. I hope he's okay. First of all, first and foremost, because you never know. Um. Yeah. But after yeah, I find yeah, out he's yeah, okay, yeah. I'm just gonna ask him if his phone works. <laughs> I just want to start a new trend here on Casual Friday, where if we're not going to show up, we tell the host. That's all. You know. Yeah. You know. That's a lot to ask for. Do you have any shows coming up or anything? I do. May sixth, uh, in Lindsay, Ontario, at mm-hmm. the Pie-Eyed Monk, and I also have another one that was announced today, actually, and I'm just looking at it right now. It is in Hamilton, Ontario. On April 7th at the Casbah, myself and Adam Baum oh, nice. are opening for the High Cats, who are a phenomenal group from Hamilton. And they are having their album release party for their new album, Banner Year. That's going to be a crazy fun night. And so is Lindsay, May 6th. Okay. At That's the Pie Eyed be- Monk. Oh. That's going to be fun. Ryan lives in Hamilton, so um, maybe we can get him tickets to that show and just charge him double. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. That's yeah. a good We sales, didn't call you and uh, tell you, but <laughs> there you go. No, um, we'll, we'll send a crier guy there to cover it. I think it'd be dope. Um, and yeah. uh, it's good to have you back. Um, th- listen, um, are you planning? I know it's hard to answer, but like, are you, do you feel like you got enough, in the, enough left in the tank to just keep going? Like our, oh, yeah, or yeah, we're like, going. Yeah. We're we're in full steam ahead now. Like I'm, I've I've started this pro, which we didn't even really talk about anything. Maybe I should come back if you yeah, have sure. me back. I'll have you back. Like soon, whenever you whenever you want, I'll I will be back. Um, but yeah, I, I started a project called Noblet Gardens, which you guys can all go check it out at noblicgardens.com. K N O B L I C H gardens.com. And I'm dropping EPs every month. So we're about to start month four. Okay. And it's, I just, re- my most recent release called The Blue Boat has been, it's, it's a monster. It's, it's the one all the kids are, kids are loving. So, I don't play music anymore on the show because I get dinged all the time. And, it, mm. and you know, and now it's, um, yeah. And, You're freezing, or am I frozen? No, he's frozen. Oh, oh, we're here. We are, Paul. Paul Atkinson. Is this? Yes, sir. Let me hear that voice. How you doing? Oh, he was right. Very well. <laughs> How are you, sir? I'm. I'm. I'm good. I'm good. It's a Friday night. I'm having a a whiskey, and uh, yeah, gonna hang out for casual Fridays. Good to meet you, man. Um, love your music. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. 
I'd uh, the Lindsay gig. I'm like, uh, I can't swing that, but I'd like to. I'd love to. Um, oh, that'd be fun. Okay. But now it's that just schedules, you know, life. I, shit, I know. get it. Well, now we have our own uh, podcast together starting. <laughs> Yeah, well, no. if he, James will be back in a minute or two. I was I was waiting for him to bring me in, but I saw that he froze. So I'm like, well, you know what? I'll hop in. I'll say hello. We can hang out for a few minutes and have a good time. You know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So how are you doing? How are you? Like, how, uh, me, I'm just, I'm great. Um, you know, I just I, I'm very open about the fact that I have mental health issues. I have severe depression and general anxiety disorder, but um, I'm going through that stage of depression where I don't, uh, I don't sleep and I'm always tired uh, or, or I'll sleep for 12 hours and I still wake up completely freaking exhausted. However, I don't hate myself. It, you know, that, that part of the depression yeah. where it's like, life is good. I'm happy. I'm, I'm joyful and life is wonderful, but I, I don't sleep. <laughs> I just, yeah. I could stay in bed for four days, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I feel that. I, and I've been there. I, I like, yeah, it's, it, 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 it gets, it gets tough. Like even just to talk about like sleeping, I have like my moments, but I also have like three young children. So mm. like, I can't stay yeah. in bed. And, and I think that's like something it, it sounds, might sound weird, but like, it's something that I do struggle with. Whereas like, it, it never stops. Like even like right now, the reason why I have to like dip out is because I have to go help my wife with something about tomorrow. But then I just, mm -hmm. you know, then I find myself under those spells like you were just talking about. And I'm just like, I'm all, I'm always tired. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like, I, and I don't have children, right? I, I'm, I'll be 55 in July. I don't have kids. I don't have a wife or a mortgage. I got a pretty simple life actually when I think about it, but um, yeah. those, those daily struggles, they're still there. They'll never go away. Yeah. Um, yeah. so, you know, it, like I'm on meds and I do therapy and I openly discuss my mental health issues frequently. I know this is casual Friday yeah. and we're supposed to have fun, but it's casual Friday, which means that we can talk about anything. So I'm open to talking about this because I, th somebody said to me years ago, the fact that you opened up about it helped me. And I'm like, really? It did? They're like, yeah, because I thought you had your shit together. I'm like, I don't have anything together. I'm a mess. They're like, but yeah, the yeah, fact yeah. that you were public about that helped me. I'm like, oh. So now I do an ASMR mental health chat show every Monday at 9 p.m. right here on Cryer Media Network. I, I sit wow. and I, I chat for 30 to 45 minutes about mental health and, and how we're doing and, and what we can do and how we can help each other out because we need to lean on one another. And, and I think sometimes like it's therapeutic for me just to openly discuss it, you know, and, and this is not a recommended medicine, but I do enjoy yeah. a whiskey from time to time. And I've basically been alcohol free for the last um, five weeks so I'm going to have a drink tonight, chill out, nothing crazy, and St. Patrick's Day, because I've got a bit of the Irish in me, I'll go out and have a couple of points of Guinness. And then on the following day, the Saturday, the 18th of March, we'll, we're going to do our live pubcast. Every, every month we do a pubcast. 
So yeah, you know, just, just going through it all. Life, life is troubling and difficult and I don't have any answers for anybody. I have a million and one questions, but I find if we openly talk to one another about the things we're living through, we can help each other out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's bizarre. Like to touch on, you know, you talking about being public about it. I, when I had put out my first EP in Mm. 2007, I I think 2007 or 2008. Yeah. Um, I, I really, so before that I was more of just like a battle rapper, you know, Mm -hmm with nothing really to say, you know, it was just like, I'm the greatest rapper alive and that's it. That's all. It was like one, one trick pony. And then I went through some shit and, you know, my father, you know, Mm -hmm. died because of alcoholism. And I just, I found myself in my own addictions and life just really hit. And Mm -hmm. I found that, and I was given the advice by someone important to me, to just write about it. So I decided to not only write songs about what I was going through, but to also be extremely specific, like Mm -hmm. very, you know, to the bone specific to the point where, excuse me, when I finished the songs, I would listen back. And the first thing I would think is who the fuck is going to care about this? You know, like you think like, 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 so I have a song that like a song called kneecaps, which two verses one verse is about my mom passing very detailed and my father but i'm in my mind i was like no one's going to care about this because it's so personal me specific mm-hmm. N- you know and not not to, this is going to sound slightly douchey and i don't mean it to but like that was one of the songs that ended up changing my life completely mm-hmm. because then when i released it i found out that a lot of people gave a shit about it you know and That's a not lot douchey of people, at all dude that's not douchey at yeah, all. Like, a lot of people can identify. Look, you you lost your parents, yeah. what, 10 years apart? Your mom and then your dad within a 10-year yeah. period. And and you were really young at the time, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I lost my mom when I was 17. Like, and then my dad is 26. Damn, bro. Like, I here yeah. I am. I'll be 55 this summer. Both my parents are still very much alive, very much together, and very happy. I'm... I count myself as one of the lucky ones. I get like, yeah. I mean, come on, look, cis, het, white. Uh, I've got this voice. I'm six foot tall. I'm 190 pounds. Yeah. I got a six pack uh, app. Yeah, it, like I, 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 I have the, the white privilege peak mountaintop life. I'm not rich. I'm broke as fuck. And you know, there's, there's the mental health issues, but I still, I still, I don't take for granted all the wonderful things that I have in my life. And, yeah. you know, again, being turning 55, I think when you get to this age, you start to realize that you're not going to put up with the crap. You will only accept the goodness in your life. And every experience you've had up till this moment makes you who you are. Now you have had experiences that I cannot begin to relate to like you've gone through some really rough times man like 17 and you lost your mom 26 when you lost your dad it's like damn the yeah. like your your guideposts are gone like 
that's wow. And now you, you're, you're married, you have a wife, you have three children and you're still producing art and still, still doing it. Like much respect, brother. Like, holy shit. That's well, and that, that's you know, what, like how you just said, you know, the, what, when you said everything we've been through, you know, builds who we mm-hmm. are that like now to go back to when you and I first started talking about, like, I wish I could stay in bed for days, but mm. like I have my kids and I, and you know, I, and also my father dying was, that was the beginning of a, of a whole new chapter of trauma. Cause I was addicted to opiates for mm. a very long time. I got, I went to rehab in 2017 and got clean. And, but Good at the you. time it was a full on, you know, a second rock bottom. Like mm. I lost my parents, which was out of my control but then I, at, the, at the time, I had also lost my wife and my one daughter at the time, you know, oh, like I did, so I had my twins. But it, and it was so like destroyed where at the time, if you were to tell us that we'd end up back together again, both of us would laugh like it was almost mm-hmm. like irreparable. Mm-hmm. But miracles happened, man. And I got her back and we had twins. And that's why when I fall under these spells or even like, you know, opiate cravings i'm not gonna mm-hmm. lie and say that, that they don't exist it happens because oh, of course when i had when i had issues for a very long time when i lost my parents it, my dad like you said your guy posts are gone and i'm not close with anyone else in my family so i and my father was an alcoholic mm-hmm. so there i am watching him run to his vice mm-hmm. so that's all i was exposed right. to so then when i had my own problems and i didn't have him anymore that's where I ran to. But now that I have my children, I can't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And as hard as it fucking is, like, I don't ever want them to go through what I went through, oh. you know? And yeah, of course. One thing I, I get that. I totally get that. Sorry, not, not, have... not to hog this. Not to no, hog no, no, this no, no, not at all. Like, not at all. I totally get that. My parents have always said, I don't want you to experience the hardships that I had to go through. And I, like, I understand yeah. what you're saying. I'm not a parent. I never will be. Um, but I understand that sort of, um, I need to protect my, my children, my family, my, I need to protect, I need to make sure that they are well taken care of. I completely get yeah. it. Yeah. No, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, fuck, I don't know. It's tough. Yeah. Yeah. It's just weird. And then the, uh, I think one of the weirdest things too, to deal with is I remember my, well, my father passed away. He died of cirrhosis of the liver, and mm-hmm. I just couldn't get over it because it, it took everyone would always say, because my father was so in love with my mom, mm-hmm. and my mom completely changed him. He was a fucking oh, is my camera off? Yeah, your camera went or, off there. You, wait, no, why did that happen? I don't know. It says imaging edge webcam. I don't know what the hell that is. What is happening here? Uh, I don't know. Technology is interesting. When it works, it's great, and when it doesn't work, it's a pain in the butt. Why is it doing this? I don't oh, know. I, I... James is back. Hey, yeah, brother. Uh, no, hold on. I feel I don't. I don't like this. I, I, I don't know, but yeah. So it, it, yeah. So, but I just felt anger toward towards him. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I just felt like that he, you know, kind of ditched me, and I could never understand it. And like, it, it was just such, it was just something I couldn't process. And, right. but I also didn't under I also didn't understand 
you know, the demon, I guess, that is alcoholism mm -hmm. or any type of vice like that, because then I ended up doing the same thing, you know, with my own kid, because I thought, like, how could my dad turn his back on me? I get it. He's bummed about my mom, but I'm still here. And then yeah. the minute I, you know, when, once you fall on, under that spell, it's it's fucking it's the worst. So I'm considering abandoning my kids because of how my wife makes me feel. She makes you feel any better, Derek. I really am. Oh, no, you can't do that. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I would never. The reason why I'm still here is because I can't be my kids. Mm -hmm. I don't. Know, I don't know how to do it. So, well, not, look, some of my toughest days um, when I didn't want to get out of bed, I wanted to stay in bed for four or five days, and and you know that's that's the area of depression I'm in right now. I don't want to get out of bed, but because I live alone, I have no other support. I have to get up and go to work. Now, luckily my day job is, is one that I love. Um, I like, you know, I enjoy going to work. I enjoy the people that I work with. Uh, so I'm lucky in that sense. So it's not difficult for me to get up and go to work. You know, when you, when you're in a job that you don't enjoy, or maybe you hate and you have depression that makes you want to stay in bed for five days straight, that's real. And I've been there. I worked construction for 29 years and there were days where like, I don't know how I'm going to get up. And it's like, well, I can't if, even cat call today, you know? Well, if I don't, if <laughs> that's cute, that's funny. I like that. But it's like, if I don't get up and go to work today, I, I'm not going to be able to earn any money. I will, I'll be evicted. I'll, you know, that's the only reason I kept going for as long as I did. That's the route and, I went. I went that route. Yeah. I, I never held, I, I've never held a job. Like before I moved up here, I was 40. I think when I moved up here, Mm. And I've had a part-time job at a library for six years. Longest job I've ever had by like five years. Mm. Like, wow. Like, yeah. I'm not, uh, well, I'm the kind of guy where if a manager says something stupid, I'm like, you're fucking stupid. And then and it's like, oh yeah, right. I'm fired. So, yeah. <laughs> fired. <laughs> Is that funny? Ha ha ha, gentlemen. I was in a rut for like, what? I don't know, 30 years, maybe. Sorry, go ahead. Nah, we've all been. I feel like a, I, f I feel like a bag of shit now because I have to actually take off, but I don't. No worries, I want to come. When can, but I want to come back and with you, Paul. I I, oh, I think well, I'm fuck. in love with you. All right. I think <laughs> a love know. has blossomed from this. Um, <laughs> uh, we I, uh, I'm collects casual Friday. Let's reconnect or let's. Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Does that make let's me a this. pimp or something? Sure. Okay. No, you're no, you're the matchmaker. Coordinator. You're the, I'm uh, the coordinator. I'm the straw, yeah. the cane that stirs <laughs> that stirs the cauldron. That's what I. There have. you go. There you <laughs> go. Like no, I absolutely, like brother. Um, like I said, we we do our our show Monday to Friday at seven a.m. and at nine p.m. on Monday nights. I do an ASMR um, mental health chat show, so you can feel free to check that out if you like. Yeah, I would love. I would love to. You should put out cassette right. tapes of you like singing whale. Or something, or just saying the word whale. Whale, you know, whale. Yeah, there you go. The, <laughs> the whale, whale was a great movie. All right, Derek. Let's oh, the on. whale. Oh, yeah. with with um, uh, Canada's Derek, own go, right? Brendan Fraser. Yeah, do you have to go. I do. Or do you... Yeah, okay. Yeah, um, I do, but I don't want to. I don't want to. I just okay, want to make it clear do that do it like I don't this. want to leave. Just do it like this. All right, man, I'm out. And then like hit leave, and instead of because you know what I do all the time to guess, not on Casual Friday when I kick him off for my own personal and obviously legit reasons but when um when they're they say goodbye and i go to take them out and they're like and i'm like i do that because <laughs> i don't just take them out i don't just take them out and put them in the green room like this 
I remove the source entirely. <laughs> like, yeah. I just don't want. Oh, I, I feel I feel uncomfortable when they hang out backstage and I'm still talking because I'm like all of a sudden it feels like someone's looking, even though I know a bunch of people. Like, and I'm just like, get out of here, get go away, you can sit there and hang out. Come on. <laughs> it's not the all right. Well, to. Michelle says welcome to the group, and I am I am honored to be a part of this family here. I oh, love brother, it. great meeting you. I man. love it. I love it. This is a bit, yeah, same. And uh, let's all follow each other, everyone in the chats. And Hell Paul, yeah. I'm going to find you. And James, I will text you later. Yeah. And thank mm -hmm. you for having me, man. This has been thank amazing. You. Thank you, man. And like, listen, and I promise we'll talk back. more music next time. I learned a lot about you today. I'm kind of glad we did it like this. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, when yeah, we yeah. come back, we'll talk music. Oh, we'll by the way, I love yeah. I love your bozo punch punch uh, punch buggy well, punch. Yeah. What 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 do they call them again? Punch. Uh... I don't even know like what to call it. We used to have them when we were kids. Well, the were... disc, the desk side is sized is called the 3D finger bop. Mm. So I don't know punching bags. Punch punching, punching bags, but they know. like yeah, they're they're like a weeble wobble. They don't fall down, right? Yeah, they're, they're yeah. Joe Pesci. They, they they made the the original <laughs> model was Joe Pesci. Like, yeah. What am I, a clown? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I have to I have to run. Everyone go to noblegardens.com and I love all of you and thank you for spending time with me and letting me spend time with you. This has been right. awesome. Take Thanks care, brother. We'll talk to you, Derek. Yeah. All right. All Take right, good night, my friends. Bye-bye. Oh, I did it right. Ooh. Oh, look, he's back again. Fuck. Oh. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Get out of here. What a great guy, uh, man. Totally yeah, dude. He's a good, I'm totally glad you guys cool had a good dude. conversation. Yeah, yeah. Liberty there. So I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about something just and, and and if I have again casual Friday means it can be anything, and that's exactly about it. Um, I'm having auditory hallucinations. Oh, yeah. is that from the psilocybin? Um, no, it's no. um it's from stress. It's uh, oh. <clears throat> and it's weird. It is really weird because it doesn't just sound like something. Like I've been doing this weird thing of putting my ear against my wall. Mm. And this is going to sound, this, this is why people don't talk about mental health. I'll give you a great <laughs> example right now. Right. Um, and my, my house is like this old factory. It's an old oats factory and it's just kind of right. re, repurposed, but the outside is all tin. Okay. And when I first moved here, I thought I was hearing, cause you know how in the country, um, the, uh, old farmers will like put a ghetto blaster in the middle of their field and play blasting music during the mm -hmm. nighttime to scare away animals and shit. I thought I was hearing distant that cause all I could hear was like talk radio sound. And it sounded like this. And, and I just thought I couldn't make out the words. And I was like, okay, well this is weird. And so I was trying to figure out like, how, how could I figure out where it's from this and that and everything. And then um, I started to hear what I thought were phone calls. Okay. Um, in, the, in the wall, and it would be like, and and eventually it morphed into me thinking I'm listening to my wife secretly have phone calls. Okay, and it wasn't the idea of her having a phone call with somebody. It was the idea of I needed to know if what I was hearing was real or wasn't. And okay. so there was one point, and it's weird because there was one point when she was right in front of me, and I was doing that thing. And I could hear that voice that I thought was hers. So I'm like, okay, I'm, I can eliminate that. But then when I get, um, when I have a panic attack and then I'm up here by myself, which is like for hours and hours, 
I, I forget that I had already confirmed that that particular, and then so I started playing mind games with myself and it's just like, well, maybe that particular voice wasn't Michelle. But this one is. And it's really odd, man, because now I can hear, um, every time I hear a fan, mm. I can hear someone talking in it or a radio wave or something like, and, and it's concerning because if you try to commit yourself to a mental hospital, one of the things they ask you is if you think you can hear radio stations. Yeah. So yeah. I'm a little concerned that I'm not getting any disability. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <Not just. laughs> That's the only reason I have it. Gave myself schizophrenia so I can get disability. Um, <laughs> I, I'm uh, ODSP I'm wouldn't. You can't survive on it though. It's no, like, I know. No, I'm just kidding. I, I, I didn't want to derail, but the. the I've never experienced anything like this. I don't feel like a crazy person or anything like that. I feel like a person, like sometimes, like in the car, the radio doesn't work. Mm. And, but I could still hear one. <laughs> and not only can I hear the radio, I can make out the song that this radio is playing. Always. Um, so, uh, and I don't mean, I'm not trying to be alarmist here, but um, have you had an MRI? recently or ever oh i've had them before well i had a subdermal hematoma when i got jumped in chinatown in mm. 2007 i guess it was okay so that that's a long time ago i'm i'm gonna i'm not a doctor i don't even play one on television but uh when you start to have auditory hallucinations like that there's usually a um, something more at play so maybe you I'm sure maybe suggest, it was the PTSD um, and well, then the panic could, attacks and then could this, be like, part of it. Could be part of it, but I'm, I'm going to recommend maybe go see your doctor. Go go see your doctor. Like a thousand years old, and he works like three times a month. He still carries the black bag and gives out lollipops. I don't know. Like, okay, maybe see good. another doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I would recommend at least going to emerge. Um, and and so I know where you, you would Renfrew be the closest hospital. Um, yeah, Pembroke, Renfrew. Yeah, yeah, because you're, you're, you're about midway between the two, right? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd recommend, like, and I'm not joking when I say this, I'm not trying to be funny at all. I'd recommend going to, going to Emerge and saying, here's what I'm experiencing right now. Is it PTSD related? Is it, is it a flashback? Is it, you, you know, be honest with the doctor. It could be yeah. something bigger. I, I, I hope I certainly hope it isn't, but it could be something bigger, and it's something I think you should look into, sir. I'm hopeful that the voice will provide me with good content, like like something I can write, you know. And then I'll feel like I'm cheating, but it's still me because I'm the crazy person talking to himself <laughs> in his brain. Like, you know, yeah. It's all no, part I, of my genius. You see. <laughs> and I get that. I I do get that. I I, I completely understand that because <laughs> we're always looking for some sort of inspiration, right? So that we can yeah, or silver lining, I guess. What's something, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I mean, we're both content creators, and some days it's like. What am I going to do? What am I going to say? What, you know, we have those moments of uh, panic-stricken clarity. Clarity, like literally, you're 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 in that panic mode. Like, oh god, what am I going to do? And somehow, I'm able to pull it off. And I think maybe because I've worked as both an MC and a DJ for decades. And when I say MC, I don't mean like a a hip, oh, I know. A hip, a hip to the. That's oh, I not. Know. You just proved it. Go. 
right? Right. I'm the whitest man on the planet. I, I mean, master of ceremonies, uh, as in is, you know, I've, I've, uh, used this voice throughout my life to, uh, host parties, weddings. And they're like, we need you to direct everything. I'm like, okay. Somebody said it to me about 25 or 30 years ago. I need you to, Paul, can you just go out there and talk to people and get them to calm down and get them organized? I went, okay. I had no idea what to do. I just went out and did it. And ever since then, it's just something that people frequently ask me to do. And I, I'm not going to lie. I get off on it. It there's a, I get a rush from it. From what? Um, being the master of ceremonies. Cause it has the word master in it. No, <laughs> no. It gets me off. What I'm doing a master class in what? No, master it's, it's not that. It, it's it's the um when you when you have the ability to step outside of yourself because internally I'm very shy, and people go, "You're not shy." No, no, I really, I really am. I'm really shy. But when you have the ability to, it's acting, right? It's acting. You're putting on an act. So you step outside of who you actually are and you become who you need to be in that moment. And that is fun and challenging and exhilarating and exhausting, but enjoyable all at the same time. Yeah. I've been there. I've been the master ceremonies three times, I think. Yeah. For buddies weddings. And um, yeah. It's funny because you you try to write a joke or two or whatever, but then the best for me the best jokes come in the moment. Like I'm just it, like you know, precisely. Someone was I didn't know until I got there the last one that I did that half the audience would be French, <laughs> and they would be like Quebecois French, not like Montreal French, right? But and they were like, uh, and, and and it was so there were so many of them that I was like, I just want to let you know that I took ten years of French in Ontario school, so obviously I only know my fruits and vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and everyone laughed and I was like oh. and if you can get him laugh at one joke don't tell another joke unless you know it can win it, that first joke that bangs then you contrast that with some emo shit and that mm -hmm. that will get everyone's emotions going that's the way to do it you're absolutely right about that though it, it, you literally do have to do the roller coaster of emotions for people mm -hmm. humor Pauses. to yeah to to the let's talk about this emotional moment in our lives when we all shared this time when we did this thing together and everybody feels it and everybody in the room feels it and you got to remember like to, to do something like that it's a performance whether you want to admit to it it's a performance so go out there and give your best oscar version of performance that you can give Remember years ago when I saw a documentary and um, it, it, I, I can't even remember what the name of the show was, but uh, one segment had Gene Simmons in it. And Gene Simmons is, you know, love him, hate him, whatever. You got to respect what he's done with his limited musical ability. The one thing he said that really stuck with me was whether there's 10 people or 10,000 people play the same. Oh. You know, like give it 100%, whether it's 10 people or 10,000 people, give it the same. And that's something I took to heart and I've always remembered. So, you know, if I was DJing at a party and there was 10 people there, I played like it was a full stadium full of people. If I was emceeing a wedding and a lot of people didn't show up, I played like it was a full stadium. Reason being is people pick up on that. 
they pick yeah. up on your enthusiasm and your enjoyment and how much, and if you're having a good time, they'll have a good time too. And your job as the MC is to make sure everybody has fun. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's, it, you just have so much control too. You know, people don't understand, like when you have the micro, that's like having the speaking conch, mm -hmm. you know? And, it, and it's like, it's a lot. Of, it's it's sort of a lot of pressure, but once you learn how to just be yourself, you know what the hardest thing is of that gig, um, remembering the itinerary properly. Oh yeah. <laughs> Everything else is cake, you know, like yeah. But you remember, no, like, you know, James, the speeches. Now then, you go to the thing, and I'm like, you're absolutely right about that, though. You're yeah. absolutely right, and I've DJed hundreds of weddings. I remember one wedding. I was asked to. Uh, show up and DJ if need be, because it was an Indian wedding. Hmm. So my buddy Barat was going to play the music and they're like, Paul, you're here if they want to hear English music. I'm like, cool. So I eat like a king and drink all the alcohol and get paid $300 to literally sit there and listen to people having a good time. The last Indian wedding I went to, uh, they did a three-day event. They had it at the Chateau Laurier. Um, the, the bride was Indian. The groom was a white guy from Toronto. Uh, so for the, for the wedding, the ceremony aspect, they did it very traditional Indian. And when they came out for the reception, uh, they went very North American. He was in a suit. She was in a short dress and she looked spectacular. And I didn't play a single song and I got $300 to just sit there and hang out and eat tons of Indian food all night. It was amazing. I love it. It was such a good time. But the speeches went on for three hours. <laughs> so Barat was like, Paul, I might play 45 minutes. If that, he played 30 minutes and that was the night. That Uncle was Rajiv, it. Rajiv, you're the 14th uncle to cry. Just get off the stage, dude. <laughs> it was, it was you're, kind you're, of you're like the third that. Rajiv, Rajiv. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was very much like that, but I had such a wonderful time and the food, I mean, my God non-stop Indian buffet? Come on, dude. I ate so much butter chicken, I think they would have kicked me out. <laughs> it's so funny. You're like, oh, I'm in, I'm in a place where it's the most authentic Indian food ever. Fancy and it's great. So I had pounds and pounds of butter chicken. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is not exactly a traditional thing. There's so many interesting, complex, like, regions of India, though. Like, like mm -hmm. Indian food that, there's Indian food that tastes more like Vietnamese food. You know, like, there's all this, like, Different different regions and everything. Oh yeah, um, Brianni Rice region and the Vindaloo region are totally different places. Like you would think that they were different countries. Oh, and and Vindaloo they will not serve to white people. They're like, no. You, oh, you know no. what? I know that. And I and ever since like the nineties, I I've had this talk with so many Indian food restaurant people. I'll take the um, the lamb Vindaloo and the whatever Indian spicy. Oh, wait, hold on, one second. You know how you have that uncle. Right, that everyone's just like, what the fuck, Uncle Rajiv? Why are you sorry? I, I don't know what other name to use, but yeah. I, it's the one I know. And one of my good friends was Rajiv when I was growing up, so I just used that. There one. you go. But anyways, he was like, he was like, listen, you know, you, you you say you want Indian spicy, but I know you don't. And I'm like, listen, I want you to go get your uncle's bottle of shit and put that in my stuff because I do, and I'll pay for it if you think. I'm like, I'm like, you know, and I was ordering with an Indian guy, so I was like, here. Um, he, I mean, I, he was going to order the same thing. And then we just switched the plates <laughs> to see if there was any difference. And you know what? That motherfucker mild it down a little bit. Oh, and, no. and you really have to have the talk with him. 
I had the talk with um I forget his name now, but um he owned uh, I don't know if I've told I've told the story on on Casual Friday I think, but I can't remember. But um the uh the, in the beaches in Toronto it's not really well known for cuisine. Like just mm-hmm. a, like it's just a weird place like that. Um and it's too far My away from downtown. Yeah. So the actually it's not even that far away from downtown. Let's be honest. No, no, it's it's not. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, is that they had uh, no great restaurants. A couple of good ones, but that's it. And all of a sudden, this place called Cinnamon opens up in the beaches. And I go there, and I get a bunch, I get like three or four dishes, and I bring it home. And uh, my wife and I were eating it. And I look at her, and I'm like, is it me? Or is this this fucking outstanding fucking Indian? <laughs> this is like, yeah. And we feel like we know a thing or two, because we live in downtown Toronto. We've been eating mm-hmm. this shit for like our whole lives, right? Mm-hmm. And, or at least I have. And so I was like, I, so I kept going back. And then one day I just turned to the guy and I'm like, dude, your food is fucking amazing. Like, like I almost, I, I don't want to tell people, I, I tell everybody to come here. Right. And, uh, and I tell them to say, tell your friend, uh, tell them to that Jimmy sent you, even though no one calls me that. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's because I like that Simpsons line. Tell your friends to ask for Jimmy. It was like the New York city, a horse and yeah. carriage guy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, um, so he's like, you're Jimmy? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. He's like, half my business is because of Jimmy. And I'm like, I know. I'm like, he's <laughs> such a big mouth. I just tell everyone to go see the good Whatever. I wasn't trying to get anything out of them. I just love the food. I wanted people yeah. to credit me for them tasting good food. That's all I cared about, right? But then he's, he pulls out this uh, binder. And he, he starts flipping through this page. It's like a scrapbook. And there he is. Um, you know, he was the chef for Queen Elizabeth something. And Bill Clinton, something else. And Holy crap. Else. And I'm like, dude, who are you? Right? He's like, he said his name and he's like, yeah, he's like, I run, I ran like the biggest or the fanciest or whatever it was, um, you know, um, agency, I guess. And so the agency would get chefs to do different events. And he was the mm-hmm. one, anytime they requested Indian food, this was the chef that they got. And, and then crazy. I'm like, so what are you doing here? He's like, I got bored in retirement. So he's like, I just opened up this place and. <laughs> And, uh, you know, and I'm like, why, why didn't you tell anyone? He's like, I don't, I don't really care about making money. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? You're in the restaurant industry in Toronto and you don't care about making money. Well, good for one thing. You know, uh-huh. And then I don't know why he shut down, but he shut down after I moved here. I was so disappointed. I went to Toronto, um, just when the pandemic ended or whatever, whatever, yeah. whatever, whatever you want to call it, 2022. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> yeah. And, and I went there and I, I was like, oh, I'm going to cinnamon, doing cinnamon. Here we shit. go. Yeah. And I went there and it was still open. And there, there was a guy behind the counter. I literally looked at the guy like this. Because it wasn't my guy. Yeah. But I ordered it because it was still cinnamon. I just thought maybe my guy was taking some time off. Nope. It was like I asked for chicken vindaloo and I got fucking processed chicken and ketchup. Spicy-ish. You know, like, so, so you had McNuggets. I was trying to basically. think of the rendition of the of the line in uh, at the end of Goodfellas. <laughs> I asked for I asked for I asked for spaghetti marinara, and I got egg noodles and ketchup. <laughs> I I got to live the rest of my life like a schnook. <laughs> That's um, a great line, actually. That I am um, just so it's it's so good. Anyways, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say I was a bunch of years back. Um, my I had a booking agent, right? So he'd book me, he'd call me, Paul, I need you to go show up here. I'm like, okay. So I go, what do I need to bring? He goes, just show up. Um, everything's there. Just bring your laptop. I'm like, okay. So I'd show up and I'd plug in. And I was at the uh it was at the casino in Hull, Gatineau, 
and it was the IOOB annual thing. So Indian, Indo-Ottawa Organization of Businesses or something like that. I can't remember exactly what the the acronym stood for. We're not going to get the acronym? Well, I can't that. remember. I can't remember, dude. It's a long time ago. I don't care. I had blonde hair. I had a full head of hair and it was blonde. So I show up and I plug in and they go, okay, you got a table back there. So I go and I sit down at the table and they're like, okay, here they bring around the, the buffet carts. So I sit next to this um, woman who is probably close to my mom's age. And uh, I'm like, uh, I'm piling on the Vindaloo. I'm piling on the. And she goes, oh, who do you? and she keeps handing me yogurt. And I go, okay, um, you know what? I'm not, a, I'm not offended. You're, you're just looking out for my welfare. I really do appreciate it. And I know that, you know, I got the blonde hair and the white skin and blah, blah, blah. But here's the thing. I've been eating this for 25 years. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of racist. It's a little bit racist. Like, or at least it's like. I know everyone's mind went like this. Wait a second, let me check the hierarchy. Um, no, it's not. You can't be racist against white people. But but it is. It, it, it's stereotypical though. Like it's like well, you're stereotyping, yeah. and it's like and it's a wimpy stereotype. It's like well, a and, cute and, little white mouth can't take this shit, you know. And, and it's just like. And I looked at her and I said, "It's okay, really." And she she's like, "I'm sorry, I didn't mean to offend." I go, "I'm not offended." I go, "Look, if I sat down next to me, this guy." Back back in the day, full head of blonde hair, no beard. Uh, I would have done the same thing. I'd be like, "Oh, dude, you're gonna need the yogurt. That's that's some spicy ass shit you're about to eat." Yeah. Um, so I said, "You know, I'm not offended." I think since that time, this is almost 20 years ago now. Since then, things have changed to the point where, like, oh yeah, the white people like spice now. They 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 they've suddenly discovered seasoning. <laughs> See. That's taking it a little too far. I'm never gonna like stand up and protest for white rights, obviously. God like, no, Jesus. No, right, fuck but, but, no. but at the same time, I'm a little bit like, ah, eh, fuck you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we 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 know what spices are. We're we're okay. Like, this isn't like a bit. I mean, there's some countries that don't, but like, you know, I went to. Mm. Uh, I, I I haven't been to that many um, places. I've been to like the UK. I've been mm-hmm. to a couple, a bunch of uh, Latin American places, a uh, bunch all over the United States, but that's basically it, right? Um, mm-hmm. And uh, food is just so different everywhere. Oh um, yeah. But it's like, if you go to New Orleans, you know, like I know they're influenced a lot, but like the French and that sort of like fusion with the Creole stuff mm-hmm. is really what makes it, right? Like that. Oh. That's it's yep. the, if on their own. Good, you know, I'm I'm not the biggest fan of French cuisine. I mean, obviously, it's t- there's tasty things and everything, but it's not my go-to or anything like that. But you you add those two things together, and you're just living in like a dreamland. Oh know? yeah, um, oh yeah, and, and yeah, and I don't know, white people don't have any flavor. Come on, there are there are like there are, there's African food that I don't like. Here, let's, let's, here's a good one actually, because they call people that are like me who are Italian by name but don't speak it. Mm-hmm. Um, Manja cakes, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. The the actual manja cake in, in uh, Ethiopian food, that pancake bread, I find completely off-putting. There's something about that bread that I'm just like, this isn't right, guys. There's something wrong with the, uh, with the you know, molecular makeup of this. I am not pleased. I get it. It's in the stuff. Yeah, the texture is just awful. It's, it's like the there. fluffiest yeah. pancake of all time, you know? And it's like, and, and I don't know, pancakes and spicy... 
Vegetables. Yeah, I know. I, yeah. And I've had it too. And, and, and it's, it's Pancakes are supposed to be drenched in butter and maple syrup, right? That's right. That's not Canadian-centric at all. That's what pancakes are for. They were born that way. I don't care if Jesus' face, Jesus face is on it. That's where you aim the butter, people. That's all that means. That's what you do. So when, when you have a spicy... I've had... You ever had the spicy potato pancakes? I'm kind of like, what? What? Yeah, they I'll give it a go, but... Mm. But they're not... They don't taste like Bisquick pancakes with potato in it. <laughs> you know, like it's... They, it's they do have their own unique flavor for sure. Yeah. yeah. Like I love... What's that Jewish potato? Latkes. Yeah. Latkes... Um, Bad lakas are really, really greasy and crispy. They're mm. really greasy. But good lakas, oh, they're so good. Like, like they mm. don't, you know, like, the good shit doesn't include shredded um, potato that leaves a string hanging out of your mouth. You know what I mean? <laughs> Those are the badly cooked ones. The tender ones, for fuck's sake, Melt they're in your so mouth. good. They're so good. Which is great because... In the scorecard of Italians versus Jews in food, I'm sorry, Jews, but Italians are kicking your ass a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry about that. Oh, you know, it's, it's, (laughs) that's what I miss about Anthony Bourdain. I I really loved his show. I love the sounds of his show, the cluckety cluck, cluck, cluck. With all the dishes and the stuff going on, you know? Well, there was a cacophony of sounds for sure, but for me, it was the. It's a good word, right? It's a good word. Yeah. Even uh, the caca is some of the sounds that you might hear in an Anthony Bourdain kitchen, right? Hold on. Very true. Yeah. And, and and what I miss about him and his show was how it it really simplified life. And life is not that difficult. It, it, sorry, let me rephrase that. Life is not that complicated. Life is very difficult. It's not that complicated. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you need food, water, and shelter. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you need to survive. Everything else is gravy. Uh, having a relationship, having friends, having family, having everything else is gravy. Food, water, shelter. And that show boiled it down to the simplicity of no matter where you go in this world, everybody you meet loves all th- three of those things because, well, you, know, you have to have them. Mm. And he would always explore some really cool spots. And I'm like, I want to go and have a drink with this guy. I want to hang out with this guy. And I think that was what made his show so popular. He felt like yeah. the guy anybody could sit and shoot the shit with, have a beer, have a nosh, and have a chat. Yeah. And yeah, that's he what did. I miss. He, he, I liked him a lot, too. Um, I like, it's funny how, like, there's, a, there's eras of chefs mm-hmm. that you like from certain eras. And when you're a kid in Canada... That guy was Pasquale, right? That was. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And he sang yeah. opera and he was a filthy chef. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wiping his fingers on his napkin and like, and then like going back to it and everything. I was like, Pasquale, why did I get food poisoning? Because this guy's a pig. Why, why does my potatoes smell like Brute 33? What is happening here? <laughs> you know? Brute, Brute by Fabergé. You know? Brute 33. Uh, like old spice or something, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it, but it, he was good. I liked Yan Can Cook because of the tricks that he used to do that I had never seen before at the time. Like walk with the end. garlic, peeling a garlic with like a flat edge of a knife. Mm-hmm. But the way he did it was like, and the and it would fling like the, the garlic. I was like, how the fuck does he do that? He's I do good. it. I'm I'm such a bohemian with garlic and mushrooms, 
And I didn't know that I was doing. I didn't know I was doing something until I saw there was this movie about um, an Indian chef that lived beside the British person, and they like were the ones responsible for ranking you as top chef. I can't remember what it was called. It's a fairly popular movie, and um, and fuck, it's happening to me a lot. What's that? I, th- I think I need to go see that doctor. I really do. I don't remember what. I- oh, the, the chefs, right? Yeah, and um. Yan can't cook the garlic thing. Do you remember Bruno Gerussi with Celebrity Chefs? No. Okay, so Bruno Gerussi, you remember Bruno Gerussi, right? Nick Adonis from the Beachcombers? I don't remember a lot right at the second, Tom, but go ahead. You okay? I am okay. My, everyone in my house is asleep, and I can hear indiscernible talking. You're hearing the voices again? I don't put it like that because I, I now I understand why people don't put it like that. Before, when I heard people say I'm hearing the voices again, you think it is something like coming in and you have this like, or something like that. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like this. I don't really understand why James is standing so upset. That's what it sounds like. It sounds like the voice is from a person. It's from a person. And what I'm apparently doing is taking um, sounds. Oftentimes it's fans or engines or fridges or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I guess maybe the combination of them, plus the wind does weird shit here too. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And I'm just, you know, my brain is reassembling the sound, I guess, or something like that. Like it's not, it's not coming out of nowhere. That is good news. When the power went out and I was having like a bad week or whatever, mm-hmm. nothing. Nothing. So it's not kind of, when people say you hear voices, it, it, for me, it's not coming from inside my head outward. It's coming from okay. sounds that already exist. And I'm, my pattern filter is filtering it weird, I guess, or something. And, and, and that's, that's, I think that's a good sign, but I would still recommend going to see a doctor. Nevertheless, like, please go see a doctor yeah. just to, just to, just to do the investigation. I mean, it, it certainly can't hurt. Slabadook. <laughs> just start like, so celebrity chefs with Bruno Gerussi. I can't believe nobody remembers the Beachcombers and Bruno Gerussi. Celebrity chefs. He used to have this show in the seventies, and it was in Vancouver. Uh, Molly's Reach. There you go. You know who Bruno Gerussi is. This is a Canadiana fortress. My no, it isn't. It was just random fucking shit. I just happened to take this out today for the first time in two years. Really? Yeah, I did. How trippy is that? I don't know. Um, I maybe have taken out once or twice, but this is not my go-to toque. This is like number five. That's a good <laughs> right toque, so. though. That's a good toque. Um, and Bruno Gerussi, Celebrity Chefs, there's an episode where he had David Letterman on. I shoot you not. David Letterman hmm. comes out and he does like a 20-minute bit or a 10-minute bit or whatever it was at the beginning, and then they cook some meal. And, of course, David Letterman was being David Letterman. But it's really funny because he was really young. It was like 1977 oh, or the 78. Sneakers, the sneakers letterman. Yeah. 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 When he had the, the hair and, you know. Sneakers and a blazer. <laughs> and I mean, I, I don't know if you've watched his show on Netflix. Uh, my next guest needs no introduction. I did. I watched a few of them. Um, I love I thought it. the guests were really good at the beginning and then, yeah. Well, I mean, this this year he, he, he went to Kiev and had Zelensky on. Oh, did he really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they were they filmed it in a subway station, a working active subway station, and it was like, this is really trippy. Like he's in a country that is under, you know, they're they're at war with Russia, hmm. 
and they're in the capital city and he's sitting there talking to the president. I'm like, man, like Letterman's really, he's coming into his own very late in his career. So remember when he retired from the late show? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Apparently and he didn't retire. That, that he had slept with like a million girls in his office and stuff. No, he talked about that. He admitted to it, and, and that, that was all. He cleared he all that up. like everyone should handle it. Yes. He just, he admitted it. And he I did it. On. Yep, and he moved on. Um, but the thing is, he didn't retire as much as they put him out to pasture. And he didn't talk about it for a long time because he had an NDA. When the NDA expired, he says, well, you know, I had a show, and then they fired me. And I'm like, what? So I did a little bit of research. Yeah, no, they fired his ass. What was his package though? Like eighty million? Or oh, I, I don't know. It look he was getting fourteen million a year when he signed his contract with CBS. So by the time he left, it was probably twenty thirty million a year he was getting because he had a big audience, right? Um, I I have no idea. His package eighty, ninety, a hundred million. It was a lot. Yeah, I wonder why his wife stays with him. Um, I don't know. I don't know. You know? Like, I wonder what it's like to be a spouse. And you're just like, yeah, you can fuck whoever you want. (laughs) Well, ask Hillary Clinton that same question, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think she probably cared at the beginning. And then they made Mm. her one of those deals, one of the wife deals. The wife deals Mm -hmm. when a crisis management firm tells the wife that she needs to do this or her husband will, you know, pay the consequences. And if she doesn't do that, he'll probably pay the consequences. Yeah. And, And then the wife's lawyer is like, how much? And then they figure it out. Um, there are most wives. I don't know if you know this about wives. And I'm not just talking about mine and trashing all wives. I don't have one. But if you embarrass your wife publicly, chances are she's not going to appear on TV with you to have your back the next day. I know it's a little crazy and far-fetched. Wow. But, but that's Who not going to happen. Thought? That Who is not going to happen. Unless <laughs> mama got enough to buy herself a little bit of everything. You know, mm. and that's what happens. And I think, and there's a whole bunch of examples like that. The the funniest one, in a way, because she was already rich, was the uh, Anthony Weiner one. Oh, yeah. I forget her name, too, because I'm apparently going senile with brain bubbles. But um, No, I don't remember her name either, but it's like, why did she stick with this guy? I mean, he was a Weiner to begin with, let alone his surname. Like, the guy was a dick. He... This is why sometimes people think that we're living in a computer simulation. Mm. <laughs> Yeah. So who, who imagine AI just talking to each other, like algorithms hanging out, and they're like, who should we give the uh the dick scandal to? <laughs> Anthony Weiner? Dude, hey, Perfect. check out what yeah, yeah, Perfect. check out what Al just came up with. <laughs> you know? <clears throat> like it because it's too perfect. It, it's 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 ridiculously perfect. and you couldn't have scripted it more well, cheesily, but you know, that's the kind of thing that makes you feel like like Trump being president, I'd throw in that pile. It just didn't make any sense, like no. you know, at all. Um, at uh, the, the time, it was really surreal. It was, it was, oh, it was interesting. But still, to this day, I'm like, how did that happen? Right? How, they, how did they ran, how did that happen? Oh, Hillary, well, Hillary Clinton has a book, and luckily the answer is on the cover because the title of the book is called "What Happened." And right <laughs> below that, it says Hillary Clinton. Yeah, because she happened, right? <laughs> That's exactly what happened. They yeah, were like, and- who should we, like? They were like how can we make this a very close election, everybody, just for the spirit of America? And they're like, how about the most polarizing politician in the land? Okay. Bingo. One versus two. And that was it. Like, all you needed was a couple people in, like, the flyover states that don't like to be called flyover states. 
mm-hmm. and, you know, and that kind of stuff and Midwest and, and, you know, and, and it happened. It was crazy. Like I, I had never, I never, I didn't think they would let it happen. My brain is like, oh sure they're corrupt, but they're not corrupt enough to let, they're, they're, they should be corrupt enough to not let Trump win. I was like saying things like, what's taking not the CIA happen. so long? Like, yeah. <laughs> How is he still standing? Shouldn't he be pink mist by now, he, right? Doesn't Dallas need a fucking parade, people? Like, Jesus <laughs> Christ, like, what's going on? I, I'm right there with you on that one. I'm like, how is, how is this happening? How is this? And friends of mine who live in the U.S. are like, we, we, our, our democracy is dead. We, we're no longer a country. We're just a joke. I'm like, I'm really feeling for you, man, because, I mean, you were, you were, your country was the the be all end all of sort of democracy in the twentieth century. I realize we're well into the twenty first now, but you guys have lost the plot so badly. It's like, holy crap! Even even ancient Rome is going like, Jesus Christ! Caligus is like, they didn't have a tape of me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've seen the film, right, Caligula? No, I haven't. I've read a bunch of stuff about him. Um, there's a I've part watched of me two different that identifies films. with Caligula. <laughs> like, you know, I've watched like, two different versions. There was the I, Bob Jaconi version, and then there was an Italian version. And the Italian version is weirdly dark. more sexual, but less pornographic. And if that makes any sense, yeah. Like there's more another like erotica than porn kind of thing. Yeah, but there's like a like a lot more nudity in the Italian version, whereas there's a lot more pornography in the Bob Guccione version. But they, Fifty they, they, Shades what, of Cal. There's something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a there's this website a friend of mine pointed me to. Um, I'm gonna put it. In, I'm gonna put the link in the chat. It's called effedupmovies.com. And I recently watched an Italian film on there that, well, wow. It was shot in 1975, and it's supposed to take place um, during the height of fascism in World War II. And it is the most bizarre, disturbing film. I couldn't even watch the whole thing. I had to shut it off two or three times because it just gets more and more twisted. Um, all I, I have to you, say can is... Can I give you a quick hearing things update? Yeah. The prowlers broke into my house and were rummaging through like my basement things and talking to each other. <laughs> oh, my silly voices. Like, like seriously, that's what... Oh, yeah? I do this? Yeah, I see you doing that. It's because like... I can hear like... And then he went over the counter, and I can't even tell you what Helen said. Like I'm making out words, and that's that's the weird thing. That's the weird thing. Because when this all started, when I first moved here, it was it was just the radio behind the wall thing. Couldn't make out anything. I just whatever. Anyway, sorry. I, I, please go back to mm. dry. I don't want to talk about that. Anyway. No, it's okay. I just want to make sure you're all right. Um, I, yeah, I'll, I'll be. How about this? I'll make you a deal. I become less all right the more you ask me if I'm all right. But I know that you ask me because you care. And I don't need to hear it again. <laughs> okay, so okay. Yeah. it's off the table for the rest if of the If I bring evening. it up, if I bring it up, allow me the uh, some latitude because it, it means You've that got I just, it. I, you know, it means that I just can't do it. You know, okay. No, no, no. I get it. I get it totally. Um, it's weird. So I yeah, didn't the, think I, this ever happened live on a show. Go ahead. Um, I keep on cutting you off. No, that's okay. That's no, okay. Um, most uh, disturbing film I've ever seen, um, and, and it's like 
it's not pornographic. There's a lot of nudity. Um, there's a lot of strange sexual things that happen in the film. What? And then there's a 30-minute portion where um, if you like scat, you're going to love this movie. I had to turn it off. I'm like, what the hell? I'm out. 97% I'm out. of people just left the audience, right? Oh, I'm, I'm like, I'm out. This is bizarre. Oh, yeah. What about, you don't like, you don't like, um, you don't like that shit? What did you do? Well, so this was not, no, I don't. Uh, and this was not what you might think. Um, this was like, I'm going to defecate on a plate and make people eat it. And that went on for 30 fucking minutes. Oh, the Amber Heard course has arrived, everybody. Please. Yes, there you go. Yeah. She's a little nutty, huh? (laughs) This coffee tastes like shit. It's a bit nutty, though. You know, I hate that. I hate that people say, I've never tasted it, so I wouldn't know. How did they find out that the most expensive coffee in the world is taken directly from the poop of a certain monkey? Yeah. What fucking, like... Horrible person found that out. <laughs> what is, hey, look, that, that monkey just shit out a coffee bean. And, I and got a great idea. Get, and how did they get meth all the way to Colombia? Like, how did that? <laughs> you know, it's like you're on meth, right? You're in Colombia. You see a monkey poop. It smells good for some reason because of the meth. You notice these, these little corn things, but they're like. That's a beans. coffee bean. It's yeah, an undigested coffee took, bean. I wonder if I would gathered as much of this monkey shit as I could. <laughs> Brewed a coffee. A cup of coffee, yeah. And he's like, oh, word. It's just the dopest shit I've ever tasted in my life. Kopi Luwak. Oh, and, the, and the, you know how coffee always makes people poop? Yeah. It's um, like full circle. It's like, you know, it's already it's branded itself. You know? Well, it, it's Send the... Send it uh, back. Get it again. It was the... It was, monkey uh, coffee. You've seen the film The Bucket List, right? Yeah, I don't remember specifics, but I do. I, I well, do Morgan see. Freeman and, and Jack Nicholson. And Jack Nicholson's like a billionaire, and Morgan Freeman is a mechanic, and they're, they're going through the cancer ward together. And, and the reason Jack Nicholson's in the same room as Morgan Freeman is because he owns the hospital. He's like, well, uh, you know, if the hospital's good enough for my patients who pay money to be here, it's good enough for me. So he gets into a same one. Anyway, they become friends, fast friends, and... Uh, there's a scene where they talk about the bucket list and the bucket list is the things you want to do before you kick the bucket. And, and Morgan Freeman says, I want to laugh so hard that it hurts. And the scene in the film is where he describes Kopi Luwak to Jack Nicholson's character. And he goes, you are literally drinking shit. And he starts pissing himself laughing. And I will never forget that scene because... I don't think Morgan Freeman was acting. He looked like he was genuinely laughing his ass off in that scene. And Morgan Freeman, I mean, come on. It's more. Uh, it's God. It's my fucking good, God. My good friend, Andy Dufresne. Andy Dufresne. Yeah, yeah, there's a little, you're missing a little bit of the cadence of him, but otherwise it was good. Yeah. That that was the longest night of his life. <laughs> Andy <clears throat> And a Dufresne cost me two packs of cigarettes that first night. <laughs> he didn't make a sound. Uh, I do believe that Andy Dufresne was the only innocent man in that prison. He was I would institutionalized. Tend to think, <laughs> I would tend to think the last thought that went through the warden's mind before that bullet was how Andy Dufresne got him. And Andy Dufresne crawled through 800 meters of 
like what was the it? worst the vile shit you can no, possibly but it was imagine. like the most vile the way that it was worded was, was it was so brilliant well stephen king right it was so brilliantly written yeah there's the, like the, stephen king movies i this might be like the captain obvious moment of this podcast but they but they are either hit or miss like a mm-hmm. miss, right like mm-hmm. they, and and you like you ever tried to watch creep show in the last like 20 years Oh my god! It is the worst movie ever. I Terrible. swear to God, you could see cables in the background and shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then Steve—that was at a time when Stephen King, I guess, wanted to be in all of his movies or whatever. So he was like the Moss guy in, in Creepshow, and like I can't remember, but it's—it's it, it's really bad. It's actually maybe, maybe that's one uh, hipster selection that I have, where it's like it's so bad that I'll watch it just because of how bad it is. You know, like. Oh, I get that. Well, I read a thing the other day about how Stephen King, when he was working on Carrie, uh, he wrote, have you seen the film and read the book? Fuck, I haven't seen the film since like the early 90s. So Sissy Spacek, okay. I don't think I've read the book. So the film is almost page for page from the book. It's like, especially the opening sequence, right? It's really, really close. So when he was writing it, he thought this is terrible. Nobody will ever publish this. And he threw it in the garbage and his wife pulled it out of the garbage and read it. And she goes, no, this is really good. Let me help you rewrite this scene. And she helped him recreate the beginning scene where Carrie has her period in the shower at the gym and didn't understand. She thought she was dying. She didn't understand what was going on because her mother was a Bible thumper and having a period was some sort of evil thing from the devil. Well, that's the devil leaking out of your vagina, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> and anyway, she helped him rewrite that scene and it went on to make him who he is. And and that was the first book he ever published was Carrie. Hmm. And yeah. it's a terrifying book if you read it. Yeah, I haven't, listen, I, 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 I fully admit I don't read that much as far as book form goes. You work I in a library. No, I know, but like I don't read a lot of books. First of all, I don't have time to read books. I really don't. I'm not a fast I, reader. I I'm understand. Not someone I can read like a Da Vinci Code in like uh, you know a sitting or something mm-hmm. like six hours or seven hours or something like that. But you know, like I'm not going to sit down and read it. I'm just yeah. Not that's do like it, a right? thousand pages. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I read like, that when it first came out. It's a great yeah, book. I loved because it. Because like the movie was read, terrible. I like to read in big chunks, but. I, I just I, I don't have big chunks of time, right? So it's mm-hmm. but I consume and I a lot of information, um, you know, via the internet and um, and I read a lot um, a lot of nonfiction. Still not really books, but essays and excerpts and, and reports and stuff like that. So right. whatever I do, what I do. Um, yeah, the fuck man. Again, what was I saying? Okay? Tell me what I was saying. Yeah, tell me what I was saying though, because uh, I'm no, I'm gonna go to the hospital probably tomorrow. But like. Yeah, you you really should. There's this has been increasing over the last two or three. Yeah, years. go see the doc, brother. Go see him tomorrow, uh, or her, whatever the case what was may I be. Talking about though, well, you were talking about how uh, you you don't have the time to read because you're so busy, oh, which I right. get. Yeah, but people consume data and information, you know, differently. Like audiobooks, audiobooks mm-hmm. are dope. Um, it's a myth that when you fall asleep to to something that you retain it, you you almost you don't it. you don't. Yeah. And in fact, you often lose the information that you were awake for. Mm-hmm. You know. Oh, that's that's true. Well, it's one of the things I want to start doing um, as I finish the build out of my studio is narrating books. I want to do. I would like to do narration so that I could sit here and read to you. Because I think yeah, I could probably earn a couple of bucks doing this. Yeah, you should uh, 
Yeah, you should talk talk to Jeff Woods or something and like see if he can be called. Oh, like, Jeff is awesome. Yeah, he is. But there's only enough Woodsy to go around. They'll need I know, an actor eventually, right? Well, and and the first time I heard his voice, I don't know, twenty five plus years ago, yeah, I was like, I started masturbating too. It was amazing. Right, I, I mean, right? It's like, oh my god, what a voice! And and I will never. I will never be able to approach what he does. He is so good. But I, I think I could probably carve out a bit of a space for myself to to do some sort of voiceover thing, you know, maybe. I don't know. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You should make like you should make like dirty talk audio, custom audio sessions for like Lonely Housewives. The desperate housewives of Paul Atkinson. Just do it. <laughs> Just do it. Hi, my name's Char- my, my name's Charlene, and 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 I like uh, I like having sex with like lots of men in front of my husband. And um, what else do I like? Um, I like you know going to the strippers and stuff, and then like you know taking them home, and then like and then having to tie them up because they're not cooperating. You know, <laughs> it's so funny. You can only say that about male strippers, <clears throat> but you know, <laughs> but but and get them to put all their. This actually okay. It's a lot of confessionaries tonight, <laughs> but. Oh, yeah. I actually, I've been paid, um, I, I, I was working with, um, I'm not going to say who it is, but it's someone with an OnlyFans. And that was the service that she offered. Mm-hmm. But I wrote all of it. Oh, really? <laughs> so I would write, so she would like, I, she's like, I need to figure out how to find parameters of people's kinks. And I'm like, just mm-hmm. ask them. do you like to, so there's certain questions that I, I came up with. I think there's like 10 questions. I think I kept it at 10. But one of them was like, do you like, do you want um, her to call you by your name if not what do you want to be called and that is super important people want yeah. to hear someone that sounds like their stepmother say paul atkinson right they don't want it to be hey, I don't paul have atkinson. like they don't want it i don't have a stepmother that's, i'm just saying weird. you know, I know, I know i'm just saying like like if that's your thing um but you know <laughs> yeah and but there was so there there was like that one there were questions like uh, you know what is your go-to kinks what do you think about when you masturbate this blah, blah, blah. um and you just incorporate it all, but it's so easy to write. So it's like a thousand words, and that's about ten minutes of dialogues. And we sold them for fifty bucks, mm. and we sold like a hundred and forty-three of them. Oh wow! Maybe that's why I'm hearing voices. Could be. Could be. <laughs> that's the thing, because <laughs> sometimes because it does manifest in like ah, ah like I don't know why it does. I think it's the wind. <laughs> Those ones are the wind. Oh man. Are you hearing ABBA songs? If you're hearing ABBA songs, run Probably. to the hospital. I, that might have been one of them. Mama I, I heard, uh, I heard uh, Beatles and Van Halen. Well, that's no not... That's, you think that's, it's my brain. They would give me some sort of fucking yeah. golden era gem, you know? Maybe maybe you have some ghosts in your in your your building and um, they, they, they like old school rock and roll. What if there's an overlap of things happening right now? Hear me out mm. on this. Okay. So obviously the voice in the wall that I thought was my wife and mm-hmm. it wasn't. So that mm-hmm. is strange. Okay. I, I still feel like it's it's house noises that the combination translates differently in my brain because I'm super stressed. Um, mm-hmm. I, st- I hold on to a possibility that that is happening and it's not good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that also the house still does conduct things that I can hear fucking radios. <laughs> like I still feel like... Like I'm, I'm not, it's not all that. It's not okay. all the overlap thing. And, but the weird thing is, it's like, I'm, I'm not like feeling, it's very stressful. I'm not feeling like I'm a crazy person. That doesn't, 
dawn on me or anything. But um, mm. maybe that's a good thing. But um, <laughs> I'm not feeling like that. There are, I don't know how to explain. So there's a, a dryer thing, a vent that goes out of the house, right? It's like a tube, like this big. Mm-hmm. And when it's on and I'm standing near it or in front of it, if I swivel, I can find the spot where I can hear it that I can't hear if I swivel away from it. And so because, because I know nothing about science, I'm theorizing <clears throat> that... Um, the hot air coming out of the dryer pipe is allowing me for some reason to hear the frequency of a faint radio wave <laughs> because I want it to be true like that so that it's not all bad news. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. So what do you think, Paul? Do you think I have super hearing? <laughs> well, I don't know about super hearing. There's definitely some uh, strange stuff going on there. Um, yeah. You if might all the be voices ta- were you, I'd probably be okay. Yeah. You might be tapped into something that you're not aware of. I, I, I don't know. The brain is a complex thing, right? Is it? Is it ghosts? Is it ghosts with lupus? Ghosts with lupus? Could be. <clears throat> Could be. It's not- there's an entire possibility that that uh, maybe you you might be hearing something that. Um, most of us can't hear. Maybe you tapped into something. It might be a tumor. I don't know. Like that's why I say go see the doctor. There, there, well, there are certain examples like the dryer. You know, dryers do click clacks noises sometimes or whatever. Or the you know the washer on the spin cycle. Mm-hmm. Like it, it sounded like um, a guy talking and saying like the same three words over and over again. But for me, those words were so like phonetic. But mm. to but to my wife, they were like. Well, she could be gaslighting me, so I don't know. But like, I'm not even kidding. Um, but she, she said she couldn't hear. Um, you know, that's another thing, and I won't get really into details. But there's mm-hmm. a lot of that going. That has been happening in this house for a long time. Um, well, if it makes you feel any better, occasionally, because I, I lost. So one night in June 2017, I lost 100 percent of my hearing in my right ear. Like I, I went to see. I, no, I went to see Joss Stone at the uh, Jazz Fest. Not loud, Jazz Fest, right? Yeah, I woke I up the next morning. Uh, she's a, a lovely um, blue-eyed soul singer out of England, which means she's a white woman who sings soul. Anyway, uh, I woke up on Karen, Monday morning. Karen? Joss Stone. <laughs> I woke up Monday morning with 100% hearing loss. Like literally overnight, I had, I, like I put my finger in, I'm like, my ear's plugged and I put my finger in to try and unplug it and I couldn't hear my finger in my ear. Did you hear your like, voice? No, like 100% hearing loss in my right ear. So I freaked out. I thought I was having a brain tumor. I went to the doctor immediately. He goes, let's do a hearing test. And I go, I can't hear anything. We did a hearing test. He goes, oh, you really can't. I'm like, I told you that. <laughs> so he got me in to see a specialist. I went on prednisone for like eight weeks. I spent... Was it massage oil buildup in your ears, Paul? No, it wasn't actually. It was a virus. <laughs> it wasn't uh, actually. So- I know. I got 40% of my hearing back. But here's the weird thing. This ear rings 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Like when I go to bed, it's ringing. When I wake up, it's ringing. It never stops. But every now and then I'll be lying here watching TV on the couch and then I'll hear a voice in the ear. But the voice is not discernible. It's like, so there's like a voice. I've been through that phase. But I, 
it's not discernible. I don't know what they're saying. I'm like, so I shut everything off. I'm like, am I losing? Oh no, it's the, it's the dead ear. Right. Yeah. So I'm listening to nothing. (laughs) And for all I know, it could be like fluids in my brain. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. You know, there's a whole, I don't know. For me, I'm, I'm certain it's like, it's all stress. Like it has to be. Um, Oh, I'm sure that's a major part of it. I've no doubt you've got a lot going on. No, it's, right? not, it's 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 um the transition of the the, the very slow incremental mm-hmm. transition from being with someone to separated to not living together. Right, it's taking quite a long time. And to be perfectly honest with you, um, I had good friends tell me like a year ago, um, it's going to be hell if you don't just just make the decision and go move. And I'm like, it's going to be hell if I make that decision. My my daughter is literally going to call me and be like, why aren't you here? Like, right. not going to be even preparing for her. She'll still get up in the middle of the night, you know, or or she'll she'll you know if I'm not there to like comfort her or something like that, like mm-hmm. or help her feel better, as she likes to say. You know, and it's, it's going to kill every. It's going to kill me and her. Like, of course, of course, it will. It's your daughter. You know, it's your flesh and blood, man. You love her, and not for nothing. Imagine the, imagine this. Imagine that it was a man and woman. They live in the man's hometown. Mm. The man's um, parents live like two minute drive away. Mm. The um, yeah, uh, you know, and uh, and this is where the man wants to be, and uh, and all that kind of stuff. And and then he wants the divorce, right? He mm. wants the separation. But tells her, who's living in his hometown, near his parents, that she has to be the one. To to leave. Does that make any sense? Uh, Paul, stop being a feminist just for a fucking second. No, I'm, I'm trying to think it through. I'm like, that's got to be difficult, man. Like, I don't... Anyways, that's happening to me. And I'm just that, like, I just like, mm. you want the separation? So she got the separation. And I'm like, you really want separation? And she's like, yes. And I'm like, well, the thing that makes the most sense is you leave and I stay. And we still split the kids the same way we were gonna, but I take this place and take that place because... We're in your hometown. <laughs> I went over the list, right? Which I still think is a pretty strong list in my defense. <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, and, um, you know, so that's uh, that's a stalemate thing. So, Yeah, it's, it's, well, like you said, it, you're, you're under a lot of strain and stress right now. Add that to the pile. Um, I have to find a way to deal with that uh, during the week that I already work like 90 to 100 hours. Like, it's not... Mm-hmm. You know, um, podcast is, is show running is 20 hours a week for me. I, I, I do 44 at my day job, sometimes more. Mm-hmm. And this is another 25 to 30 hours a week. And again, as I've said a million times before, and I'll say it again, I love doing this. So I'll continue to do it. But there will be a point in time where I'm going to have to take a couple of weeks off because you can only do 70, 80 hours a week for so long before the body goes, okay, so we're going to shut down now and you can't do anything about it. Yeah. That's right. Like Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> right. <clears throat> well, cause uh, you, you, you spend so much time curating guests and like, I'm, I'm just blown away by some of the guests you get from time to time. Like, like have they seen the show? Do they know how bad the production is? Why would they even come? <laughs> Because the interviewer is good, dude. 
because you ask good questions and you, you do your research. And when you talk to and interview people, they appreciate the fact that you're invested in, in what they're having to say. I mean, look, the reason Miss Julie Black said it was one of the best interviews ever it's oh, because it freaking well ball. was. You made my penis move ball. <laughs> Dude, I've watched that interview twice. I love I've Julie clip Black. Like 50 times. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you have. I love Julie Black. I've been a huge fan of her work for God since '97, mm-hmm. uh, and she's so good. And and the fact yeah. that she literally, for want of a better term, put her balls on a plate and said, "Fucking come for me, bitches." I'd touch those balls, Julie Black's balls. I would. She's I'd carry amazing. Them around in a purse, a man purse for her. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. I might yeah. even kiss them. <laughs> might. <laughs> we juggle them. Who are we kidding? Who are we kidding? Uh, we juggle them, dude. I guess I can rest that them on good. my face. Yeah. Arabian goggles. Do you know what that is? Go ahead and Google it. I'm Arabian goggles. Hey, you know what? I thought of a good name for. Uh, for roll up the rim, yeah, what, what were those things called? The sexual labels, and they were like the full Nelson or the 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 the, the friendly stranger. Like those were called things. Were they yeah. was the Urban Dictionary sex phrases or something like that? Yeah. Like, what were they called? Anyways, I came up with one, and it's um, it's uh, what do you say first? The the name of it or or the sexual act? Oh, this they say the sexual act first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, did I already say the first thing already though? Yeah, well, no, we don't know what the sexual act is. You got to tell us that, and then we we'll give. Say, then say, give okay, us. Okay, I'm going to go roll it. Okay, so it's the roll up the rim, right? Right. And it's any sexual act that ends in a rectal prolapse. Okay, that's just bizarre. I would have thought roll up the rim had to do with somebody who's uncircumcised. Well, rim is like rim job, like your bum. Yeah, no, I get roll that. Up the, roll up the rim. Your bum holes inside out. It's literally <laughs> a perfect match, is it not? It's it's very bizarre. I'll I'll give Listen, you that. I'll come back. I'll take some fat off of the of the bed, and we'll figure <laughs> it out. The roll of the rim stays. I got to figure out a better way to say rectal prolapse. Okay. <laughs> you know, that's got to be the one. Is there or a good way like, to say that? Is there a good way? I don't think there's a good way to say that. That's I don't know, just kind of anal with mandingo. I guess something like that. Oh, <laughs> that doesn't exactly roll off the tongue. It mm. more like goes like this to the tongue. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That was the mental health. <laughs> Just kidding. We've all seen those films. Well, I think most of us. I don't have. like. Can I? I want to go on record. I don't like dominance. Nope. Um, when nope. women get dominated, and, and nope, and it's not like I like. You know, I don't want women. To, I don't care about the, the question of dominance. It doesn't make any sense to me. But there are two types of women that men like to see. If you mm-hmm. want to generalize, totally. mm-hmm. one is um, the the woman who is going down on two men and just being owned, make, making their head turn and all that stuff and whatever. And then there's the next woman that's doing the same thing, but she's owning them. And their job is to sit there and not say anything. Right? I, I can and, be a and, little bit more in tune with that. Cause, yeah, cause well, that's the, the thing. I like those women. I like column B. I like those women just as a generality a lot mm. better. Well, like, the, the, like, like I was like I was always into the girls that um like in movies that like remember some kind of wonderful the girl that played the drums mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm. like yeah. uh, you know or or tough girls or girls with short hair or something just unconventional. I never really like 
you know, and 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 that strength. I don't know what it is. I, I had two older sisters. Maybe Freud was onto something for a day when he had Mila Kunis in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah, yeah. The scene where where they're out for they're having drinks, and he's like, "Well, let me get the next round." She goes, "Dude, you don't have to do that. I'm not that kind of girl." I'm like, "Oh, oh I've free. I've just fallen in love with Mila Kunis," and and. Truth be told, prior to that film, she annoyed the shit out of me, which was good on her part because her character of Jackie on that 70s show was annoying little twit. Her character was meant to be that, and she was very good at portraying it. But when I saw her in Forgetting Sarah Marshall, I'm like, oh, that's different. I didn't, I did not see that coming. Here's yeah. this beautiful, I sensual attractive, fun person that I did not see before. Now, when she started on that 70s show, she was like a child, like literally a child. I think she was 15 or 16 or something like that. She was she was a child. She lied about how old she was. Oh, really? She's Ukrainian, right? She was born in Ukraine. Yeah, yeah I tried to book her on the show. Really? <laughs> I did, Dude. I tried, yeah. I played the Ukrainian angle almost like, not no one knew how many emails I was sending people or whatever, but like mm. you know, I would like who, who am I sending this to? Oh, I'm sending this to Mila Kunis. Okay, see if she got it. Oh, a painting. Oh, the painting is from the Ukrainian grandmother. Boom. Hey, I just saw this. Da -da 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 -da. I would love to have you on the show. You can promote a charity. Da da da. Mm -hmm. And and you know, and I didn't hear back. I've heard I heard back from Klechko's people, and then they disappeared. Oh. So I hope they're okay. But um, yeah, the, the, I, I do. That's how I do it. I I figure out what's. The now one is 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 not only important, but it yields you more guests. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. Because you yeah. you end up just being tossed into a pile of media appearances for these people. Mm -hmm. So that's how Julie. That's how I got. That's how actually. I'm hoping that's the way it is. I'm pretty sure it is because that's what I did with Julie Black, and I figure if I can get a formula where I do it like that, um, where I try to book people that the way that mainstream outlets would. And, mm -hmm. you know, since my name's in the mix, do we have any podcasts yet? Well, one guy from Blackball called, the audio sucks, but the guests are usually pretty good. You know, like that's probably <laughs> the tagline for the show, right? Yeah, but the, again, like I said, that interview with Julie was amazing. And she said so. So don't don't tell yourself short, dude. You, I'm not, you, I'm not, not with that one. I, that was the first time I, I, I got off the show not the first time I had a good feeling, but the first mm. time that I was just like. Nailed it. That was the best interview I've ever done. And I don't even, dude, I went back and watched it and I was like, there's just as much in that one that I would have changed as in any other one. No, and, you know, and like, yeah, I get it. Yeah, that's, I'm, I'm, I know exactly what you're saying because there's times yeah. I'll, we watch, we, and somebody says, isn't that narcissistic? No, we have to watch what we do to make sure that we can do it better next time. Well, Which is, I, I, you know, I, I don't usually um, watch my own show. Um, I do a little bit more lately because I mm -hmm. do find that there is benefit in certain it, things. Like there is, there is. But, it's, um, it's it's difficult because clips. you're critiquing yourself constantly, right? Yeah, I'll watch clips because I want to know where I'm. Sometimes I want to know where I should be in the in the sentence where I just stop mm -hmm. and shut the fuck up already because I notice that I'll stagger three sentences on top of each other. Mm -hmm. When I'm asking a question, and it's all the same fucking thing. I'm just using different words. <laughs> like it's just so annoying. I mean, and I'm sitting at the. So I don't watch it to be narcissistic. I watch. No, 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 no. To get no, I watch it to and 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 when I find myself becoming embarrassed because of how I'm doing it, then whatever that time code is and whatever I did, I'll write that down and then I'll hopefully remember not to do that again. 
I completely get it. I'm the same way. It's like I, I need to figure out a better way to do this. I want to get better at this craft because I, I have no formal training. I'm not a journalist. I, I, I built networks. That's what I did. I, was a, I worked in construction for 29 years building fiber optic and Wi-Fi and copper networks uh, and doing audiovisual stuff. And I still do audiovisual stuff. But this was something I've always felt uh, natural and comfortable with. And I don't know. I, I, I have a pleasant enough voice that I think uh, people would be willing to listen to some of the stuff I have to say. I, you know. Yeah, uh, I think, you know... It's funny because uh, Dean told me a long time ago that um, as a general rule, and when I say general rule, you know, like the way lawyers tell their clients don't talk to the media, you know, they just, they're, they're mitigating mm -hmm. the risk that the client might fuck up, right? Mm -hmm. And um, as a general rule, Dean's like, talk, don't talk about yourself that much. You know, that's mm -hmm. the general mm -hmm. rule. I know there are exceptions, especially when it's a, just a personal podcast and all that. That's right. Totally but when you have a guest, that was the, that was the context. And, um, and he was right to the point, and, and, and like it, to to a certain point, because like the lawyers that tell all their clients not talk to media, there's a few clients where they could have probably done this out some good if they talked to the media, right? Like like, but the lawyer is just like has the rule, and the rule is the yeah. fucking rule, right? Dean's not like stringent like that, but it was good advice in the mm -hmm. sense that I think what he meant was that you, when you when you talk about yourself. It has to be as part of that person's story and yes. go back to it. Yes, right? absolutely. And, and that, and, and, and it's hard to do. And, and like, you know, I don't always do it like that because sometimes I have guests on that are like people that, you know, either I listened to as a kid or, mm -hmm. you know, or just interesting to me, like classified and I have a good rapport, right? Like we, like we, we talk about shit in a good way. Um, We're going to see him soon. Yes, we are. We're going to see him on March 30th. 30th. Yeah. Yeah. In the famous town of Burnstown. Burnstown. Yeah, I was a, saying Boonstown. Bur, Burns, Burnstown. Burnstown. Yeah. Anyways. Um, oh, and Michael uh, Price is on this Monday. Simpson. Oh, writer, cool. Cool. Producer. So that's I, Actually, I want to. Uh, I got to pee. I, I'll be right back. Okay. I'm going to talk to the audience while you go pee. Can you bring the microphone just for piss and giggles? No, I guess not. Um, can you guys send me your Simpsons questions? And I don't, I'm not promising that I'll use them, um, but I want to do things like, I'll give you an example. I'll, I'll find the picture first. Um, so there is James typing and trying to talk at the same time. So if you go, if you, if you watch your favorite episodes of The Simpsons and you, you, the characters that are there for like a little bit of time, like a Bleeding Gums Murphy or the Elephant Stampy and all that kind of stuff, there are so many different like um, cultural subliminal references that no one really understands. And why can't I find this picture if I clicked on the thing? Um, so I'm going to give you one right now. And there it is. Watch, it's going to be one of those stupid files. Nope. Okay. So the picture is a picture of Marge Bouvier. And her high school prom date. That's loading speed for my voice. Artie Ziff. Okay, so this is the, I, I'm gonna talk about this on the show. Uh, I, I don't know when, but um, I, these are the, this is why I love having this guy on. So this guy's been doing The Simpsons for 
30 years, 24 years, I don't know, something like that, but like over 20 years. He's written, I think it was 43 episodes, and he's been like a script supervisor or a polisher or whatever on another, excuse me, like 250 episodes. Like he's like, you know, one of the main fucking Simpson guys ever. And so I'm going to cough, but I'm going to mute it because I don't want to cough in your face. Anyways, so he's going to be there. And I'm going to talk to him about all these cultural um, ideas that that include the Simpsons, but also the subliminal stuff. So Artie Ziff. Artie Ziff is clearly a wealthy man. He looks like he would be a um, sort of like a caricature of like a Jewish um, trust fund kid, right? That's basically what Artie Ziff is. And his name is Artie Ziff. So a lot of people don't, well, almost no one knows this, I think, but I happen to know it, and it's from a really interesting um, connection. My f- okay, so we'll start out who Artie Ziff. So R.D. Ziff, he spells it A-R-T-I-E, but if you say R and D Ziff, it actually stands for Rob and Dirk Ziff. Rob and Dirk Ziff are the sons of, I can't remember this guy's first name, but the Ziff of the Ziff Davis publishing fortune. And when they were 18 years old, they each inherited a billion dollars. And and that was them. So there were these like little, and they're really short and they're spoiled and all that kind of stuff. Anyways, my buddy, his sister married Dirk of Robin Dirk Ziff. <coughs> Half of what Artie Ziff's character is based off of. And the really cool thing is that, um, you know, at the wedding, it was like Martha Stewart and Bill Clinton and Harvey Weinstein was the best man and all this stuff. And it was like, I don't know, the, the late 90s or something. And then there's my buddy sitting there and he's all cracked out on ecstasy and you can just tell. <laughs> and he's just in a room and he's just in a room filled with all of these like billionaires and celebrities and stuff. Anyways, so I want to ask the Simpsons guy questions like that. Like I, I, I don't, I, it's not even a question. It's more like a mm-hmm. conversation topic. Like, are there any other characters? You know, that's the kind of, cause I want to know if you'll tell me, cause I don't know. Sometimes you might think that like you can't because of legal. Yes, this is definitely based after this person. And then all of a sudden that person sues, right? Like who knows? So how many uh, Canadians write for the Simpsons? That is a very, very specific question. I'll have to get back to you. <laughs> Not 100% sure. Well, a I, lot of mathematicians I, too. Well, I know, but, but I, I asked the question because there's so many Canadian isms that are occasionally on the Simpsons that... If you're not Canadian, you're not necessarily going to get the joke, right? Give me an example, because I know they exist, but I don't remember them. Oh, I mean, <laughs> the, the episode where Bart and Milhouse make the Canadian uh, Olympic basketball team. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's pretty easy for anyone to get. Yeah. Uh, when they go to Winnipeg to Canada, buy drugs. So they think I'm slow, eh? Eh? <laughs> when, when, they, when they drive to Winnipeg to buy uh, prescription drugs. I don't remember the punchline, but um, the, the uh, one of the best Simpsons jokes ever is when they um, when the Simpsons get to Toronto, mm. and it says, "Oh look, the Toronto bus station," and there's a plaque that says, "Birthplace of Paul Schaefer." <laughs> he's like, he gets born, he's like, "I'm out." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> well, and. That bus station doesn't exist anymore. It doesn't? What is that? No, called? they tore it down. They're building you know condos. That place was a piece of shit. It really was. Like, it wasn't I, it, a historical looking, you know? No, it was a dump. 
Do you have any idea how many fucking films are made at, at Toronto City Hall? Crazy amount of films. I would like to know how many hours Hollywood does versus the average counselor in City Hall. Like That's a good question. Um, so a friend of mine who uh, is a film producer, he's, he's, God, he's shot probably 100 movies, if not more. Um, he was an animator. He, do you remember the, um, uh, the raccoons? Like the cartoon where they wear the red sweaters and shit? Yeah, the raccoons Cyr- on ice. Cyril Sneer? Yeah, yeah he, was, he was part of that. Um, mm-hmm. He had, uh, there was a show, oh, what was the name of that? I can't, there's a, there's a show he helped uh, produce a number of years ago. It's escaping me right now. But he, he worked in Hollywood. He worked with Polly Graham. He, he's a really good friend. And uh, uh, I lost my train of thought. Wow. Oh my Shit's God, happening to me now. Oh, my God, it's airborne. Oh, my God, it can travel through microphones. <laughs> oh, that's not good. That's oh, my God, good. Tom. What's happening to our minds? <laughs> I'm Ryan Lindley. Maybe it's the whiskey. Filling in for James DeJory. <laughs> that is Dean Bundell. Uh, oh, no, no, now I know where I was going. He A uh, number of films he shot, and he said, um, so he, he was in New York City uh, for a meeting with, uh, was it Polygram Filmed Entertainment at the time? This is the early 90s, and they were like, well, we're looking for places to shoot where we can get New York City street scenes. And he goes, oh, I can give you all of that where I live. And they're like, what? He goes, yeah, let's go back to Ottawa. What are you talking about? I can give you New York City. I can give you Toronto. I can give you, I can give And so he took them around to different neighborhoods in the city and the suburbs. And they're like, we can totally do everything here. He goes, there's only one big issue. <laughs> because it's a government town, a lot of the places you want to film, you need to get a special permit to do so. What kind of a special permit? Well, if you come into this building and you want to plug into that electrical receptacle over there to power up your lights, you got to have a permit from this government department. Hmm. And somebody's he's telling this story and I'm laughing and somebody's like, that's bullshit. And I go, no, it's not. I read about that years ago. He goes, the story that was in The Citizen. I'm like, yeah. He goes, I wrote that fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. I didn't know him at that time, right? So, yeah. Kind of I'm crazy. just telling people, I've sent the link, and I'm telling them that they can come in just audio, too, if they want. Mm-hmm. Someone come in quick so I can take a little bit of a break here because i got to go. Yeah, Jam- James is uh, he's, he's suffering a little bit tonight, I'm going to do so, the uh, smart thing and, and smoke a joint on the deck and try to get rid of... The demons? Mm-hmm. I have to wear headphones and just play music. Otherwise, I hear, like, sex moaning in the background. I hear people arguing. I hear this. I hear that. It's really just, like, uh, it, when I really think about it, it's it's taking the four main pillars of more, four main underpinnings of my brain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just giving it dialogue. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Well, you know? Douglas is in the chat. He, Brother, jump on in. Mr. Beaver, just, just uh, get behind the desktop there, and, and the link is up above. You can join us. Please do, sir. I just put the link in again for anyone that doesn't like scrolling because I get it. I don't like scrolling. <laughs> Sometimes the live chat also auto puts you back at the bottom when someone. Yeah, comes. it's yeah, it's, it's really it's really annoying. That is such bullshit. There is weird stuff that happens. So the other day we were doing a show and Douglas was like, "I don't see any chat." I'm like, "What? What are you talking about?" I go, "I can see everything." He goes, "I didn't see any chat. That's why I didn't say hello to anybody." And I go, "So here's what you do. I have three screens in front of me." 
And what I do is I add in a, um, a YouTube channel so that, um, here, here, I'm going to pull this other camera in so you can sort of see, Whoever it is, let uh, it <laughs> and I, I add, well, I add a third camera or a second camera so that people can see what the hell's going on. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I tried to add it. It didn't work. My Who are you? Seems oh, to be, Douglas. There's Douglas. Bring Douglas, can, can you tell the voice in my head to be your voice? <laughs> James, you see, there we wonderful. go. You are in a place of There's nice the... inner peace on a fluffy cloud. Oh my god, I love Everybody you. Everybody loves you. I love you, Sensei Douglas. This is oh wonderful. Uh, mushrooms are growing all over the place. Can you send me a dick pic. <laughs> <laughs> see, <laughs> <laughs> what did I say that out loud? That, that's him. <laughs> yes, yes, you did. I, guys, uh, Douglas, I'm. See, don't so, go see all the screens I have. Okay. Don't go anywhere, Douglas. I'll be right back. Okay, I'll wait for you. <laughs> well, hello, kids. Welcome to the first ever episode of the True North Eager Beaver Nights. <laughs> casual Friday nighttime. Nighttime. We get real casual. You know. I'm, I'm trying to shut that camera down. It didn't want to shut down. Weird. I'm going to take it out of the stream because it's really slowing my computer down. Oh, Cash. what the hell's going on there? What? I'm getting comfy. Oh, you're not talking to me. No, I... Okay. Oh, so, <clears throat> oh, well. No, I, see I think I'm the stream over. ended. What? I think the stream no. ended. Hang on. I didn't end it. I just just give me a second here. I'm just going to can people still hear and see us? Because uh, I don't know what happened. <laughs> yeah, I literally think the stream ended. Yeah. <laughs> and we're back and restarted? I I don't know. I just saw Jen say, "Yeah, hello. We restarted the stream." Okay. It seems we're back on again. Okay. Okay, good, good. That was weird. Okay, that was I'm like everything well, just died. Hold on again. Where did everybody go? <laughs> oh, there you are. Hello. <laughs> wow. I don't know what they put in the cup. But everybody just disappeared and then they all came back. Lovely yeah, people. <laughs> I, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. It was it was weird. Um, we're still live, but I guess it it killed it died on YouTube because I'm, you know, me and with multiple streams, I'm always okay. checking on stuff and yeah. But um, I guess it's restarted. Can the kids in the chat say hello and let us know that we're still going? I'm gonna restart my my channel over here to make sure that we're still. I don't know. It's I, like according to what I'm looking at, we're still live, but I don't know. I don't know what happened there. It was weird. I think we're still live, but I don't know. <laughs> Are we still only like live on restream, but not on YouTube? Because on YouTube, it it has stopped. No, we're on we're on YouTube. We're on YouTube. I can see us now. Look. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, we're good. We're good. It's weird okay. though. It's like it 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 hiccuped. We went away, and now we're back again. <laughs> oh, well, I don't know what happened. The important part is that the kit stayed. Yes, yes, that's, yes, that's yes. the important like, part. Okay, 
almost everybody disappeared because of the weirdness that went on. But you know, you know <laughs> it's we're back. Frying your brain. <laughs> this is your brain. This is your brain Maybe. on black holes. <laughs> Ooh, what are well, we I'm, drinking, sir? This is a uh, Cronwell whiskey. Um, mm. Neat. Um, okay. So uh, I. It I, is indeed. This is what I do. I drink whiskey and I know things. <laughs> Hang on, I'm gonna I'm gonna adjust my camera here. So oh man, um, a little bit brighter. Little yep, bit brighter. brighter. Yeah, I haven't turned mine on actually. I should probably do that. Uh, how was your day? Um, weird. Well, I think it was because well, you know, we we, we had a great show this morning. BT Dubs. Okay. Yeah. I thought this yeah. morning's show was wonderful. Um, I got a million compliments <laughs> from a lot of people. Even a buddy of mine who didn't know we were five days a week. I'm like, yeah, every morning, 7 a.m. He goes, seriously, dude? He normally leaves for work at 6. Mm. But he just had both. Okay, so uh, he's uh, a former SARTAC, former PPCLI, retired from the military a bunch of years ago and works uh, as a private contractor. Work, sorry, he, he works for a company. Uh, but he, because he was a parachutist for a number of, his knees are done. So he just had both knees rebuilt. Okay. Uh, so he's, you know, normally he leaves for work at 6 a.m. So he can't watch the show. But now he's like, it's worse than COVID. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, well, at least in COVID, I could go into the hot tub and I could do stuff around the house. He goes, I can barely walk and I can't go mm. in the hot tub because my knees have just been rebuilt. I'm like, oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. He goes, so I'm literally bed, couch, watching TV, and there's only so much TV you, should, you can watch. And he goes, and I saw you guys had a show. So I started watching it this morning. I go, subscribe, dude. You need to subscribe to our show. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and all of my buddies were like, should we all subscribe? I'm like, yes. They go, well, we're not going to watch every day. I don't care. Subscribe. Don't have to watch every day. Just keep coming back. I'm like, we need a thousand subscribers and YouTube will start to pay us. They're like, Oh really? Well, we can probably help get that number up. I'm like, good. Subscribe. Tell everybody, just subscribe, watch an episode, watch a dozen episodes, watch no episodes, but subscribe. <laughs> and, and I think this is going counter to my marketing plan here. <laughs> well, no, no, no. We want people to watch, of course, but but the amount of people I said, well, we need subscribers. Why? Oh, I watched the show. It's great. I really enjoyed it. Did you subscribe? No. Why not? Well, yeah. And and that's what I'm like. Well, subscribe. Hey, but I, I can't watch every day. Look, you're there's no obligation it's to you if it. you subscribe. Yes, you subscribe. Yeah, you could get the little message. Who didn't watch today? That's not what happens. We know. Um, and your name again, sir, <laughs> has a W after eager. Yes, I, I don't know why that is. I do like what I'm gonna. I, um, I think I, I think I may have fat fingered something uh, this morning when I uh, uh, logged in, and it's there. So I probably it probably when I yeah, I, it probably has to be changed when I log back in. But I'm not going yeah. to fix that. Okay. Okay. All right. Cool. Nah. Nah. So yeah. I. The, 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 a, a true eager. <laughs> well, we're still alive, but I don't yeah. know what. Okay, yeah, I should probably do that then. Yeah, log out, log okay, back two, in. I'll two stay seconds. here. Okay, yeah, bye, yeah. sis. Yeah, yeah, okay, watch. That's it. There you go. Okay, so, and here I am, alone again, naturally. Cheers to you.
Oh, there is. Um, I'm not putting that on screen because he's naked right now. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> it, he's, yeah, very naked. Very, very naked. <laughs> He'll be back in a second and I'm going to tell him. Because <laughs> it's funny. Oh, oh! There he jumped out. Now he's going to jump back in after he he fixes things up there. Um, oh, there he is. Uh, Will not give me the thing to change it. <laughs> well, hello. Uh, well, here's the thing. Um, so you were naked there for a minute. I was shirtless. Nobody saw you on camera because you were off camera, but I could I see could it because you were in the green room. Yes. Well, I figured I was going to go away and. Because the kids deserve glamour, I would give them a costume change. Mm. <laughs> I'm getting an echo from from your audio. Do uh, you toggle toggle your settings there, if you could, please, sir. I had. I don't know. There's some weird stuff going on this evening. I don't know what is happening. Let's go back to blackball. I'm going to check the, the YouTube channel, and uh, I think. I think we're live. I don't know. I can't. Can tell. anybody see us? There's nobody in the chat right now for me. No, I think I think we're dead. So I don't know what happened. I don't know. And, and here's James. He's not even there. Um, I don't know. Just I don't know. I I don't want to end the stream because it's not mine to end. Right. Right. Uh, and I don't see. No. Yeah. I think we're. I think we're offline. It's weird. It says we're live, but and there's eight people apparently watching. But uh, uh, I don't know, man. This is very strange. I don't know what is happening. What is going on? The technology seems to be failing. I can end the stream and restart it, but I don't want to do it because it's not my show to do it with, right? And there, let's see, let's pull up the James. I'm, I'm just trying to reload his page. Let's see, here we are. And uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're definitely not live. Okay, I'm going to end it and restart it. Okay. I'll send him a, a text message to let him know something weird went on. Okay. Nope. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.
podcast that goes everywhere the imagination dares. It's for the open-minded, the pleasure seeker. It's Jeff Woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality, theme-based with special guests, the Blue Hotel Hotline, and every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story. Get a room and listen in at the Blue Hotel. Begins Friday, September 23rd.